What? Both. It's the most perfect word in the world. Italians created it and I just discovered it. What does it mean? That's the thing, it can mean a million things. It can mean, I don't know, get out of my face. I don't know, and get out of my face. It's the best thing Italy ever created, except for maybe espresso. Oh, so you've been drinking yeah. espresso. Yeah. Hey, German, uh, American. Bo. Whoa. Bo is my new superpower. It's like the anti-aloha. I was born to say this word. So what's in the bag? Oh, uh, Bo. Nice. I'm Griffin. I'm Molly. And we're going into the Superverse. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Into the Superverse. And you guessed it. We finally made it. We are on our last stop of our Spider-Man marathon. We are far from... Where we began. <laughs> but we are. With Tobey Maguire's 2001? Yeah, here we are. Um, it is Thursday, which means some of you may be going to see Spider-Man No Way Home tonight. As are we. And we will be releasing that episode post-haste. Hopefully, you'll be hearing it tomorrow if you're listening to this as they come out. But we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah, we will. Um, but we are very excited to see Spider-Man No Way Home, especially now that we have finally caught up to all of the Spider-Mans. And we have a lot to talk about with this episode. We both have, like, a lot of notes. Yeah, we're all refreshed. This is the most notes I've taken on a movie in a while. I have full uh, full three pages of notes, which I think I had on The Amazing Spider-Man, too, which was a kind of a long episode. But, um, yeah, it's a, it's a culmination of a lot of thoughts on Spider-Man. And I think, I think we have a lot to say. This is a beloved movie. Would you say in the canon, Griff? I think so. In the Marvel canon. I, I think, think so. To be specific. Now, I don't know in the greater Spider-Man canon. I know in the Marvel Spider-Man world, people love this movie. Yes. This is a well-received movie. I am not one of those people. May I just put that out there? Oh, yeah. Griffin, may let's, I? You know, let's make this clear for our, for our valued listeners. I would just like to say... I have seen every Marvel movie in theaters since Iron Man 3, I think, and some before then, but I know consistently I've seen them, and that correlates to the time I've known Griffin. Yeah, just about. <laughs> but, um, and this was kind of a letdown for me, seeing it in theaters, because... I loved Homecoming. I thought Homecoming was really great. I talked about that on our episode. And I just, I didn't get the same love I felt in this movie. And like, obviously, this was the first movie coming off of Infinity War and Endgame. Well, off of Endgame. We had Ant-Man or something in between. Yeah, yeah. Um, but this, but, but like this is the first movie after Endgame. And they did not act like this was the first movie after Endgame. Yeah, this was a movie that had a bit of a difficult role. It was it had thrust upon it not only being the successor to Spider-Man Homecoming, but being the first Marvel property that had to shoulder the weight of everything that happened in Endgame. Also, can you 
talk about like where we're at with the Sony Disney Marvel. Right. Well, so at this point, the, the Sony Disney agreement had not yet run into any serious. Oh, so we're in the same place we were with Homecoming. Yep. Oh, interesting. Because I was going to give this movie the benefit of the doubt that it had too much Sony influence. Well, I mean, I'm saying that, but that's as far as we know. And then the really publicized issues that Sony and Marvel had that could have resulted in the Spider-Man rights being taken away from Marvel Studios happened, I think, a couple months after this movie came out. Um, I don't think it was in 2020. But yeah, I mean, uh, as far as any of us know, the the two companies were in the same place that they were when Spider-Man Homecoming released. Interesting. Um, because I was going to kind of give this movie like, oh, there was like a lot of Sony stuff happening with this movie. Because we talked about um, Spider-Man Homecoming and the fact that that felt like a Marvel movie. Like Homecoming yes. felt like a Marvel movie. No way... Or far, sorry, Far From Home felt like a Spider-Man movie to me. And I do kind of mean that as a diss. Like, unfortunately, like that's kind of a shitty thing to say. But it did feel like it didn't have the sparkle of Marvel working for it, in my opinion. Like, this did not feel like a Marvel movie, in my opinion. I get that. And it pains me to agree with that sentiment, but I think I do. And it... Honestly, what nailed that home for me was the post credit scene of them being like, oh yeah, this wasn't the real Fury. Like, this was this was fake. And the whole movie is like based on this like, you don't know what's real. <laughs> like, I know I'm, I'm being a little heady here, but like, this whole movie was like, you don't know what's real. There are drones like making a facade the whole movie. And then like, it's doubled down on the fact that like, we as the audience don't even know what's real because the the Fury and the Maria Hill that we have this whole movie are not real. Like we were tricked also in this movie, like which I'm now just like putting together, like as I'm speaking that like this movie was a metaphor for how this movie was received as the audience. Like this, there was some fake out in this movie with with the um what what are the What's that alien species called? Uh, the scroll. Like, there was a fake out with this movie with the scrolls, like, being included in that post credit scene. Do you not think? I agree, but that doesn't mean to me that it's not, doesn't feel like a Marvel movie. I don't really agree with that sentiment. Well, I, I don't mean that so much as that that part doesn't feel like a Marvel movie, but, like, that just makes it feel more like we were being told something that wasn't really true. Well... I definitely think that's true. And I think it's kind of like a... Yeah, I guess I, I blended those two ideas together. I do think it doesn't feel as much like a Marvel movie and separately. Like, I feel like we were being kind of tricked in this movie at the same time. I agree. I think the Nick Fury, Maria Hill plot twist was something like, well, what was supposed to be a Mandarin-style twist on a slightly different scale. It was like, we don't get the payout of that fake out in the movie. It didn't feel like the but, Mandarin. And I, I don't think it was as well executed because when we saw this in theaters, basically the only takeaway that I had from that was, hmm, Nick Fury is acting kind of strangely in this. He shouldn't be 
I definitely why? thought that when we were watching it. I was like, this doesn't feel like Nick... Like, why is Nick Fury doing this? Not like, I don't think this is Nick Fury. It's kind of like, what? what is the plan? Like, why is Nick Fury doing these things? For me, it was more or less, I don't think Nick Fury would have bought Quentin Beck's story. Same. And then... The further it went along, I was like, but this also like how he was right. treating Spider Man was like, why is Nick Fury doing this? Like this doesn't, this doesn't make sense. But I never once thought that it wasn't really Nick Fury. Yeah, I thought it was just bad writing, which, which probably I, doesn't speak a lot. No, I think that's good. I think that I think that's actually really good because I think they did a good job of being like, this is somebody pretending to be Nick Fury. Like they're doing a good job acting like Nick Fury. But it's clearly not Nick Fury. And I think, I actually think that was really well executed knowing the end of the movie. But the first time we saw it, it was like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. But it was subtle. I thought it was really subtle. Yeah, it was. It was kind of like, oh, this is weird. Like, we kind of just blamed bad writing on it. Both of us, right? Right. Yeah. Isn't that what you're saying? Yes. And like, I think that's good. Like, I think that's what you're meant to do is like, oh, this is like not the right it's not quite right with yeah, Nick Fury and, yeah. and that's what it is it's somebody pretending to be Nick Fury which I think is a really hard thing to do for sure for actors like Samuel L. Jackson pretending to not be the same character that he's been playing and for the writers to write something that's not exactly for sure but like still somebody pretending to be that character yeah like that part I think I really appreciate actually just to like kind of wrap up before we like get into the movie. So we know that there is like fake stuff happening with Nick Fury, Maria Hill, like their scrolls. But I was kind of saying like from the very beginning, the movie in essence feels more like a Spider-Man movie to me than a Marvel movie. And I, and I don't think I can really describe that. Like it just feels like, I guess campier and I and I think that's on purpose and I and I don't fault it like I'm not like oh I'm mad about it because I think the villain is kind of like comic booky in a way that's like very Spider-Man and I love it I actually really enjoyed the villain in this movie um and then I was kind of saying separately like Spider-Man is being fooled during this movie like he's being tricked by the drones and like what is real what's not and like we as the audience also engage with that at the very end we're like wait what was real and what's not with like the fury thing so those were kind of two separate thoughts just to kind of like bring it full circle but um i'm excited to talk about it because i think i think there's a lot that's really good with it and there's a lot that i didn't really enjoy personally with it um yeah same here but we can uh we can kind of get into it yeah let's do it the first thing i want to say is that i forgot that this movie had this separate opening with Speaking of Fury and Maria Hill, I, my too. I didn't really remember this at all. And quite frankly, it was a somewhat odd way to Not that this enticing. Movie. Not an enticing opening, right? Not really. It doesn't even tell you what's happening. Nothing happens. We just kind of, I guess we, we see that, that Fury and Hill are kind of back in the fold, whether that means anything for the movie, because they are active during it and in interacting with Spider-Man. Um, and we get this introduction to Mysterio's character. But honestly, I'm kind of wondering if we would have been better off if we hadn't seen Mysterio until he shows up for the first time in Venice. I don't know what the benefit of this first scene was. I thought that was weird, too, that we see Fury and Hill engaging with Mysterio. 
But I actually think that's good because it's showing that they linked up with him. Yeah, they like wise. we're assuming that they built trust outside of what we already know because the first time we see Mysterio with Nick Fury is like he's already in the fold, like yeah. he's already like in the team, which is actually kind of nice. It's like we don't have to deal with this like who is this guy? But that's also like the fault. It's like, why do we trust him? Like we are told in the movie to trust this character. And I that's clearly on purpose. It like works for the fact that he was able to dupe these fake shield. Yeah, agents. they don't show him duping him. They just show that he is already in it. Which we as the audience should be questioning, but like I don't think we were. Like at least I wasn't as an audience member in the moment. No. So I think that's all done really well, but in hindsight, it's like, yeah, what the fuck? Yeah. Like this doesn't make any sense. So like that's why I think like that's all good. Like all of this in hindsight questioning is like really good writing. Like I actually think that that stuff is like well done. Yeah, I agree with that. All the Mysterio stuff is good. Yeah, it I is. Think. Um, I did forget how much Maria Hill was in this film, whether it's the real Maria Hill or if it's the <laughs> fake one. Honestly, it doesn't matter because the character's so flat. It doesn't matter. And I'm so sorry, Kobe Smulders, because I genuinely like you as an actor. I hate you as Maria Hill. I, I just can't get away from it. None of us can. And that's all I'm going to say on it. You can't tell if she's the fake or real Maria Hill. No, you cannot because it's so flat. And I'm willing to move on. I don't need to spend a lot of time on it other than I was disappointed and I'm moving on. Honestly, y'all, if you, if anyone has like any really strong feelings, if you're like, Molly, what the fuck? Maria Hill is my favorite Marvel Cinematic Universe character let us know. I want to hear from the pro Maria Hill. Because yeah, I want I, to know. I have a lot of questions I for you. I want that. Um, I crave it. I would like to be on your team, honestly, because I'm I'm very happy to have more female characters in the Marvel universe. So if you can, if you can um, pitch her to me, I'm listening. And it's going to need to be a strong pitch. Let me let you know. But you know who does have a strong pitch? Who's that? Whitney Houston. <laughs> If we can transition to modern day. That was a, that was a great switch and up. There is a memoriam video being played on, you guessed it, the high school uh, announcement news channel, which I love with Betty and I forget the other guy's name. Um, but they start with this like memoriam video. And I was like, one, how much did they pay for this? Oh my God. And two... The Bodyguard soundtrack is... What is happening? I forgot. I Actually, when we were watching it, I was like, what the fuck is happening? Because that's how they do the Marvel credit, Like, the not the credits, but like the... the overture. That would usually but be But the, like... the video of the Marvel logo. Yeah. I mean, I, yes, it's the overture, but like the logo playing. I was like, this is so weird. But we did kind of need this reminder of where we're at. It's so funny. And, like, there were people that really, this rubbed the wrong way because they were like, uh, this is disrespectful. They're, like, making fun of I'm it. I'm like, it's fucking high schoolers, one. And, like, you know, whatever problems that we have with, I don't think that a Spider-Man movie was the right place to reckon with everything that just happened two months before, well, you know, two months IRL before the events of this movie. It's really, like, eight months since Endgame that this movie is happening. But, like... 
you know, they're going to reference it. Like, they have to recognize where they're at. And that's the best way to do it. That and being, like, the marching band came back during a basketball game. Like, I don't agree that this movie did a great job of addressing where they are. a horrible job. But, like, now it's a little easier in hindsight because we got shows like WandaVision and Falcon and the Winter Soldier that addressed where we are as the world a little bit better, even though it's, like, we would not even be remotely, you know, 10% functioning after everybody, half of everybody is gone. But it's easier to watch this now knowing that like okay they grappled with it a bit better after the fact honestly it's like a good reminder to be like this is who's dying this is where we're at and betty says it best she's like let's just move on yep like she literally says it and i think that's the movie like i do genuinely like this is kind of cheesy to say but i do genuinely feel like the movie saying we get it Let's just watch. Let's just enjoy the movie. Like right. they're just saying, we we know that Endgame happened. Moving on. We get it. We're Moving gonna address it here. Just like let's go. It's very convenient that every character that we know happened to blip. <laughs> well, that's the whole thing with the blip. It's you know whoever you know if they needed to work for the plot, they were fine. Because it's if literally not, half not, of know. the population, so you can arguably. Mi- you can make a good argument for yeah. anyone. And like one thing that drove me crazy, it doesn't matter for the movie at all, but when this movie came out and people were picking bones about who disappeared and who didn't, they're like, well, half of Midtown High should have disappeared. And I was always, I was the guy on the Reddit threads being like, it wasn't half of every social group of people that disappeared. Yeah, it was I just half of the really world. Point. So that's, and like, I just That don't... could make, that could be mishmash anyway. Like, right. All of America could have stayed, but like right. three quarters of Asia yeah. could have disappeared. It was indiscriminate. Like, it was, yeah. you know, the trillions of people um, or billions. Of yeah, people I mean, was... I think it's more like random than that, but like, yes. Some I people don't just think took it, it as to like be half of this high school. A coin flip on every group of people. I'm like, no, not really. Um, but the school TV network, can I say, that remains classic. I love scene. it. And I really I hope that, that's like, how it brought us back. They're like, remember, this is Spider-Man world. Yeah. And like, it seems like we're moving further and further away from that world the more movies we get. And No Way Home seems to be no exception. But I really hope they can just find a couple pockets of time to remind us that these characters are the anchors to Peter Parker's well, like life as a teenager. No Way Home is going to be the last high school movie because yeah. this is Peter's junior year or the end of his junior year. Yeah. He's far from home and then No Way Home will be his <laughs> senior year. He's still going to school during No Way Home or what, but... Well, no, he just finished his junior year. Yeah, but he has to finish his senior year. That's far from home. I mean, no way home. Right. Sorry. But, like, is he going to be going to school when his identity is public? That's what I want to know. Well, yeah. I mean, well, obviously we're going to find out. We're finding out tonight that you're listening to this, even though this is is Sunday before. Um, I mean, they show a a preview in the trailer of them walking down the school halls, him and MJ. Yeah. Which brings me to my next note. When did Peter fall in love with MJ? Because this movie begins with him being like, this is my seven point plan for how I'm going to get MJ to date me. And we're watching this movie out of order, which I do, I am kind of mad about because I think this movie is really hard to watch where we are right now because we've watched three Tobey Maguire's, two Andrew 
Um, I almost said Andrew Jackson. To Andrew Garfield's <laughs> Miles Morales. And now we're watching Homecoming and this. We're not watching it in order of Marvel. So it feels out of place. Like, we just watched Homecoming and now we're seeing this and it's weird. But, like, I don't think they set up this MJ thing in any other movie. The last thing we saw from Zendaya was her saying, you can call me MJ, that's what my friends call me. And now we're just supposed to be like, yes, he's in love with MJ. And I know that, like, the whole world ships Tom Holland and Zendaya, and now they're actually dating, which is very cute. Like, I think it's very cute. And, like, whatever, like, that they're... Like, I just... I, I'm not buying this on-screen thing. Dating, like, the very end, like, I think they do have good chemistry. But, like, him being in the very beginning, like, I'm in love with MJ. Well, yeah, they're telling us that... Yes, but, but I'm not buying it. I, I'm agreeing with you. Okay. They're telling us. They're not showing us. Yeah. Because you're right. And like, it doesn't matter if we're watching it out of order. There's no development for those characters between these movies. Peter doesn't talk about MJ in the Avengers movies. It doesn't matter. Like, I don't know why he has to be already in love with her. Like, this movie could be him falling in love That's with her. That's what it should have been. But yeah, they, they... I guess it's just kind of like, we don't need to be shown everything like in the time that they've been back at school like i buy it i get it and i do buy it i do buy it but i also understand like we we should have seen like if they're making that like the main relationship that drives peter parker throughout these movies we probably should have seen how it started but you know i i think that they i'm gonna give them the benefit of the doubt that they thought about including that in this and they just couldn't do it with the amount of plot that they were trying to progress. I don't know. Yeah, I think they were scared to show too much post-blip. Yeah, I think so too. If they... Because we know that both him and MJ blipped. So if they both come back, they both started up this like likeness for each other. Like I don't think they could have showed that successfully. And the amount of time since the blip, because it's unrealistic. So they're like, well, we know it's unrealistic, so we're not going to show it. Yeah. and I <laughs> There's I, a lot of, um, we're just going to make the best of the situation in this movie. I saw a Reddit thread that was talking about the problems that this movie had to surmount by dealing with the blip, which we talked about when we were watching the movie. And this Reddit comment basically said, more or less, we're going to look back at Endgame in a couple of years and say... This probably wasn't a very good idea because now every I thought that movie at the time. Yeah. I mean, look, when it came down to it, the two ideas that were proposed post Infinity War were we're gonna move on and what happened happened, we're gonna bring it back. Or we're gonna rewind time and it's like it never I thought happened. they were gonna rewind and time. And I thought that would be way worse just because it'd be easier. It'd though. be easier. But it would make like in universe, like everything would would not matter, like, what happened But there was only, War. like, one or two movies that happened. What, I was, how many movies happened after Infinity War? Not, Ant-Man? no, it's just, no, I was just saying that it wouldn't make Infinity War matter, which would, I didn't like oh, the idea I of that. Because, like, all this, like, sacrifice and stuff, it would have just been, like, erased. But now it's, like, they have to, every character that comes back, they have to say, oh, did they get snapped? Oh, what were they doing 
during the five-year period, and they have to grapple with Right. I want to know every happened. single character that we are met yeah. with, did you get snapped, yes or no? And they don't answer that they in just, this movie. They can't do it. They cannot do it. And I so I agree with that Reddit comment. It's just so much responsibility for people that are just trying to write like a standalone movie. It gives them so much more to have to deal with. And, and I don't fault this movie because they were writing this before Endgame was finished. Mm-hmm. Honestly, probably even before Infinity War because Infinity War and Endgame were kind of filmed together. They were probably right? writing in tandem with Infinity War. Yeah. Yeah. And so they were writing this and like also Spider-Man's like a new character. Like yeah. Homecoming hadn't been out that long. Like, we don't know what Spider-Man is going to mean in the Marvel Universe. Yeah. So I don't envy the job that they no. had to do, but I'm going to criticize it anyway. I mean, well, as <laughs> I'm we just going to put that disclaimer out there. It, it is what it is, so why not? The other, when we're talking about reputations, the only thing that I wanted to bring up at this point, and maybe I'm getting ahead of you, Griffin, but is... Happy and Spider-Man are both, like, fearful of, like, Nick Fury. And, like, Nick Fury's reputation is, like, oh, my God, this is, like, such an intimidating guy. And I'm, like, no one has ever talked about Nick Fury in this way before. Why are we acting like he's scary? Because... Tony respected Nick Fury, but he didn't fear Nick Fury. Nobody did. I don't think anybody feared Nick Fury... Of the Avengers, I guess. Of our hero world. Nobody feared Nick Fury. So I think it's silly that they're, like, acting like they don't want to talk to him. And it just, like, I guess, I mean, the whole point is that it's adding to this whole thing where it's, like, not really Nick Fury. I will say, for me, it makes sense that Peter wouldn't want to. Because he's, to Peter, Nick Fury. But how does Peter even know who Nick Fury is? He would know. But, like, no, no, the whole point is that nobody knows who Nick Fury is. He's behind the scenes. Peter wouldn't know who Nick Fury is. Hmm. And, like, I don't think Tony's, like, talking about Nick Fury. Like, I, I think that's bullshit. I don't know. Like, I'm playing the Avengers video game right now. Kamala Khan, Miss Marvel, knows who Nick Fury is. I feel like people know who Nick Fury is. Like, he's, like... I think if Nick Fury's doing his job, people don't know who he is. Maybe. I don't know. To me, I'm just going to forget that. I think that Peter would know his name and know that he's part of. Yeah. So for me, that's all it is. He knows that he's like this higher up in S.H.I.E.L.D. and he's like a teenager. Yeah, but this like whole reputation is. Yeah. It's like maybe not deserved. And also, Happy Hogan is just like, I don't want to deal with this guy. So he's not like so much scared of him as just like, I don't want to deal with him. No, he's scared. Happy is scared. Yeah. Um, but that's, I don't know. that makes sense to Happy's character, honestly. Yeah. It's just like, it's just, it's too much of this. Uh, and like, I'm kind of mad at myself for not seeing the breadcrumbs of this whole Nick Fury business because I smelled something spoiled and I didn't, I didn't think about it. Well, I mean, obviously, this is, like, over the course of one movie, so I'm, like, in the theaters watching it. And I'm just, like, I think I'm just mad at myself for not, like, putting it all together. Like, this wasn't really Nick Fury, but how would you know that? I mean, yeah, They played wouldn't. a trick on us, and this I don't is... like it. <laughs> See, I didn't, I didn't mind it. I don't think I minded it as much as you, because for me, it was, like, this is the first time that we're seeing Nick Fury heavily featured in a movie in a long time. Nick Fury had not had... Since uh, uh, Civil War. He wasn't in Civil War. Wait, no, since... what's the no, what's the one where he like fake dies? 
Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier. And he That's was what in I meant. Age of Ultron a bit. I know, but I meant Winter Soldier. Yeah, but either yeah. way, that was you know at least he's in Winter Soldier. It was three, four years since the four years since we saw him in any capacity. So. See, that's the other thing about watching this out of order. Like, we've been getting a lot of Nick Fury right. in the but, movies yeah, we're in. I, I do think we have to remember that he had disappeared for a bit from the canon, you know, because in universe he had faked his death. And whether or not he had revealed himself again after Hydra fell, we don't know. Because we just weren't really seeing what S.H.I.E.L.D. or the remnants of S.H.I.E.L.D. were up to in that time. I think, I'm not, like, mad, but I think I'm, I'm upset <laughs> Because I loved the homecoming twist with Michael Keaton and the girlfriend and all of that stuff. Like, that was such a fun twist. And I think they wanted a fun twist in this movie. And obviously, like, I mean, halfway through, they have the Mysterio one, which, like, that's the whole crux of the movie. But then at the very end, they're like, ah, got you again. No. It's you know what this is like? This is like Westworld. Westworld had a great twist in the first season. Yes. And in the second season, they're like, we're going to exactly. do this again. But you all predicted it. You know it's coming, so we're going to make it really hard. Exactly. But in the process, it made it worse because it was so convoluted and hard to figure that's out that exactly it wasn't as satisfying what, that's anymore. That's exactly what I was going to say. It's like not a fun twist because you don't know the rules that it's going to twist. Yeah. And like, is, they made up rules by including scrolls in this world. Like, how would we know that scrolls are in this world? Because... We haven't seen them since Captain Marvel. But the Captain homecoming Marvel. twist, like, that's a good twist. Yeah. Like, that's in the rules like, of the world. Like, seen, anyone could be her dad. He could be anyone's right. parent. We haven't like, seen scroll shape-shifting in-universe in, like, 25 years. Well, so, like, we just saw it in Captain Marvel. Which was set in 1990 Yeah, but that movie came out right before this, I know, right? Like, I know, it did, this... it did. It came out the same year. But No, I'm asking, like, this came out, like, right before. Captain Marvel came out right before this? Captain Marvel, like, Endgame, Endgame, Far From Home. Oh, so Captain Marvel came out before Endgame. So, yes, either the way, idea was introduced, way. but... No, no, I'm, no, I'm still on the, the side of, like, that's not fair. Like, this isn't fair. Like, they didn't set us up for a good... And I don't want them to, like, lead us to knowing the plot twist. Like, I want to be surprised by the plot twist, which I obviously was in this movie, but I want to at least go back in the movie and be like, oh, yeah, there are these, like, clues, or not even clues, but, like, oh, I see. Like, like in Homecoming. Like, Homecoming did it perfectly. That That's all I got to say. Sorry, I'm, I'm just going on a tangent about the same thing, like, over and over. That's how I feel about this whole movie. Like, I get so fixated on, like, several plot points that I'm, like, angry <laughs> that's, about. That's why we're half an hour in and we haven't talked about the movie at all. Well, the content, really. I guess we have, but... Yeah, I mean, I think we're both kind of... We're hung up on similar issues with this. So. I'm at my other big thing that I, that I have brought up in, like, six points throughout the movie. But this is my first point. So we're at Spider-Man. I'm, I'm in Tom Holland world now, at least. But <clears throat> why is anyone thinking that Spider-Man will be a leader? Like, he is barely known in the Avenger world. Like, in terms of, like, oh, my God, the Avengers, like, they're going to come and save us. Like, no one really knows who Spider-Man is. He was in Civil War, which was a secret. Like, people didn't know that Civil War happened. Like, the... 
like uh, let's, let's just include us as civilians like we're in that and, like, world like, shields in the fbi yeah we're it. like in hawkeye like we are Haley Steinfeld. <laughs> we don't know that Civil War is happening, so we don't know Spider-Man's there. Right. If you're living in New York, you maybe know about the neighborhood Spider-Man. And then Infinity War happens. Spider-Man is on a different planet helping to save the world, yeah. not discounting what he does He's because busy. he does a lot. He But he snaps. Mm -hmm. So people don't know that Spider... I don't think Spider... People know what Spider-Man did unless Tony was like, hey, Spider-Man did this thing, which, fine, whatever. He's still not that well-known. No. He comes back during Endgame, helps save the world, fine, but he helped save the world with 20 other superheroes, and then we're at home, uh, we're at No Way Home, no, I'm sorry, I'm getting all mixed up. We're at Far From Home, which is months after Endgame, and it's like, Everyone is saying that you're the new Tony Stark. I'm like, nobody is saying that. <laughs> Get nobody. his ass. No, I'm not getting his ass. I'm getting everyone else's ass. Like, nobody is saying that you're the next Tony Stark. Like, no one is putting this pressure on you except for Sony. I think Sony is the one that's like, you're the next Tony Stark. We need you to be important so that Disney will keep giving us money. Like, it just, it feels so inaccurate that like we're shifting all of this power and influence and emphasis onto spider-man tom holland's spider-man because i don't think he's earned it like yeah. what can i say yes please talk i'm i'm sorry i'm tired of like my own voice <laughs> i think what would have been better is if the crux of this movie had been oh yeah tony died sad <laughs> peter does not get all this stuff. And maybe he has a complex over not being handed down this power, even though yes. he knows that he doesn't deserve it. Oh, well, I shouldn't have been made the leader because I have no qualifications to be the leader, but I'm kind of hurt that Tony didn't think I could be the leader, right? I mean, I'm kind of, I would be, I would probably be annoyed at that plot. Less annoyed. But it makes more sense. It does make more sense. I, I genuinely do like this idea of him being like, I'm overwhelmed with what happened in right. Infinity War. Not so I've much got, in like, Endgame significant because, trauma. Yeah, I'm overwhelmed and, like, my mentor died. And I don't know where that leaves me. Like, I think that should be more where it is. Is like, I don't know if I want to join this group or if I want to go back to what I was doing or just leave it all together. I don't like this pressure of him being the leader. Like, no. can we just say... Can we bring it back and just say, I am of three categories. I am either joining this group as a small character, <laughs> I am continuing as the neighborhood Spider-Man, or I am not doing any superhero work. Like, I think that is where he should be at. And I think it's so overblown to do it as like, I'm the next leader. Everyone thinks I'm Tony Stark. These glasses mean that I'm going to be the next Tony Stark. Like, that's such bullshit. And I love that he's smart and that he's the smartest person in the room. Like, that is all wonderful. But that doesn't mean that he's the next Tony Stark. No. I, I'm just so mad about it. I, 
that that makes me dislike this movie so much is that premise that premise has set this tone of this movie in a way that I'm not I'm not on board for and my notes kept coming back to that and I was like I gotta stop writing the same note over and over again because it's just making me mad and I and I like I love the Tom Holland Spider-Man so I was I was mad that I didn't I was getting so mad during the movie okay let's clear this out now make it clear to our listeners so we can go on and do the rest of this movie without reiterating the same point again Molly and I are on the same page that this movie has a fundamentally flawed premise. But I laughed out loud a hundred times. Yeah, I'm not disputing that. It was so good. It was a great movie. I like this movie. Yeah, thank you for that. And I think we can both like this movie. And it was funny. It was really funny. This is a good movie, but the way that they took this up from the baseline of what happened and how they chose to develop the character of Spider-Man is a problem. And we both have a significant issue with the direction they took the character. But at the same time, we liked the movie. And I think we can yes, probably... it was enjoyable. We can, we can move forward. But I personally liked Homecoming way better. Yes, so did I. And even though when what? we saw it the Wait, first time... what? What is this? When we saw this movie for the first time, I was like, I like this. Molly was like, did you like it more than Homecoming? And I was like, maybe. No. I said, you're, oh, did I say yes? No. A strong yes? You're, strong yes? You're changing the story. What did I say? You were like, this was so good. This was way better than Homecoming. Okay. Yes. I feel like you're, are you doing a drone on me? Are you a scroll? <laughs> this episode is over. Uh, I'm not Mysterio. Maybe I'm a scroll. Uh, yes. I, I have severe recency bias when it comes to movies, especially Marvel movies. Yeah. Came out of this saying this is better than Homecoming. I came out of Guardians of the Galaxy really Volume Two in, saying that it was better okay. than Guardians of the Galaxy that's Volume One. That's embarrassing for is, you. <laughs> looking back on it, absolutely insane. But you are not alone, at least with this movie. Like a lot of people, people, people did this really movie. like this movie. But I don't know why. I I don't know why they liked it more than Homecoming. I genuinely, I, I mean, genuinely look, don't. Know. I don't know, but I hadn't. You know, this is the first time that we are watching this movie since we saw it in theaters, which is two and a half years ago, and I realized that this movie had a lot more problems than I like had issues with than when I saw it the first time. Um, and after watching Homecoming again, I really thought that movie did a great job of being a small scale Spider Man movie and weaving it into the MCU and. This introduced more problems with the character than it resolved, especially after Endgame. Yeah, there, I mean, I thought I took a note at some point, and maybe it's later on. There are clearly a lot of, like, post-Endgame issues with this movie that, honestly, I can, like, push aside and shelve. If there was no Endgame, like, let's just say this movie happened after Civil War... Yeah. Like that's let's say this was instead of homecoming for some reason. There are still a lot of flaws in this. Definitely, movie. definitely. And like the end game flaws are are important to talk about, I think, but I think they're separate than like the Spider-Man plot. Yeah, it's not a for me so much the end game problems are not like a problem with the movie. It's like a problem with the world building and the universe. Yeah, I don't think this connects to what's happening with Marvel, which I think is what I was saying earlier, whereas this feels like a Spider Man movie, whereas Homecoming felt like a Marvel movie. Like this felt like Sony doing its own thing that's like technically connecting with Marvel, but like is not actually plot wise connecting with Marvel. Which is like crazy. technically it doesn't contradict what's happening with Marvel. 
but it's not moving the Marvel plot along. Which is crazy because as far Which as we know, the Homecoming didn't move the Marvel plot along either. Marvel Studios, as far as we know, before this anyway, because this is before any of the inter-studio problems that Sony and Marvel had, Marvel Studios has full creative control over these movies. Uh, so, yeah, theoretically, I... theoretically, we don't know what was actually happening. Sony should not have been able to interfere creatively with the direction of this movie. You would think that it's all the writers and John Watts. And I don't know what vision John Watts had for Spider-Man and Peter Parker as a character, but I agree with you. It seems like Sony was meddling in this a little bit. Or that Marvel was worried that something would happen and they needed to know that they could do whatever they wanted to do and Spider-Man movie wouldn't affect it. Yeah. I think they were worried about the stuff going on with Spider-Man. That's fair. And that they knew that what they needed to continue with. And honestly, Marvel was flailing... In my opinion, and I still feel this after seeing all the stuff that's come out post-Endgame, Marvel is flailing. Like, they didn't have a plan post-Endgame. Like, they do not know where they're going. There was a beautiful and very clear plan from, I guess it was from Iron Man. When when did they set out their phases? Well, when did they announce the phase with Endgame? I don't, I don't know. Do you know what year that was? Uh, oh, I guess I do. Um, 2015, they announced, like, Phase 3. And so everything, I think, retroactively became Phase 1 and 2. Okay, so that was 20... So, what, what had just come out in 2015? Age of Ultron. Okay, so post... In 2015. So post-Avengers 2, they knew exactly what was going to happen in the Marvel world. But they did not know what was going to happen after that. And I think that's really clear because they did a lot of really great work with Captain Falcon, or not Captain Falcon, but Falcon and the Winter Soldier, a.k.a. Captain America, WandaVision, um, Shang-Chi. Like, they, they're doing all of these things that are really wonderful pieces of work, but they they have not found the rhythm that they found leading up to Endgame. And I think... I do think they're flailing, and I think that the first movie that came out after was really part of the in-game, the the pre-in-game. They were like, well, we... It's literally a prequel. Yeah, it's not really supposed to be post-in-game, but, like, time-wise, we have to make it post-in-game. But that movie feels to me part of Phase 3, and, like, I know technically that movie is, like, the beginning of Phase 4. But it's, four. Like not. But it's not, exactly. They it's not. really messed up they by making the first movie of Phase 4 a prequel. Like, they didn't I don't... know what they were doing. Well, let's, <sighs> shift, let's, let's shift gears altogether, shall we? Please. I can only talk about this so much, because, like, it's just frustrating, because it's... What's done is done, and, like, I don't think they made great choices, but, like, the movie is still fun. Yeah. And I don't want to yeah. do you all a disservice by bitching about, like... Exactly. Yeah, you know, I don't want to complain. I don't want to complain all the time. So let's, let's turn to something a little bit more fun. Okay. With that being said, I would like to just say everyone should drink every time they say Tangle or the Peter Tangle. Okay, I drink every time they say it, and now I'm hammered. Okay. That was, like, my really good drunk impression. Uh, but, yeah... You know, it's a, it's something that he, it was a bit that they very much committed to. I didn't love it. In its own way. Yeah, I don't, I don't, 
it's kind of like this whole thing that I'm really trying not to like bitch too much about the handling of this movie, but it's like the the need to be different and separate it from all the other Spider-Man movies, and whether that's so much saying the term spider sense, which I don't think is ever really said, maybe in like a it's some kind of spider sense, which I think they say in the Tobey Maguire movies. Yeah. But it's like we they have to show be, it. Yeah. But it's like when we're talking about it, we have to be kind of like flippant and like funny. And I'm like, can we just can we not? Especially when it comes back at the end. I'm like, also can we, can they we not? say it like we've already known it. They do that a lot with this movie. They like retcon things. They're like, oh, we all know about the Peter Tingle. And yeah. I'm like, no, we don't fucking know about the Peter Tingle. I don't like the Peter Tingle. I don't really. No, like we it. don't know that Peter's in love with MJ. No, we don't know these things. And of course, like the Peter Tingle, the that coin being turned by. Uh, MA, that like ties into the whole problem that I had about the end of Spider-Man Homecoming and how we just miss out on a crucial character development moment between the two that we just kind of pick up after the fact in this one. And it's well, like, see, well, that's one thing that it. I don't mind is that yeah. she's like, I'm working at this nonprofit. I am using Spider-Man. Like, I like that stuff. Oh, well, speaking of that, um, so, yeah, we see this benefit that Aunt May's holding this thing at a, a Salvation Army homeless shelter. And she has Spider-Man as, like, the featured guest as a thing for people to contribute more money. And I thought what could have been a fun little Easter egg here was if instead of being a Salvation Army shelter, that could have been a feast shelter. Oh, yeah, like in the video game. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like Molly said, for any of you Where's Oscorp also? That's a whole other thing. But this is like an easy time. No, I know. It In the video game, feast. if you haven't played it, Aunt May works for a nonprofit named Feast who helps homeless people. That is run by Martin Lee. Yeah. Uh, and that is like, you know, if they had chosen to do that, it's like a backdoor for Miles Morales like they did in the game. It's a backdoor for Martin Lee to become a villain. It's just like a fun world-building thing. Also, the Salvation Army. Are we serious? Yeah, I mean, we know that that's bullshit. Come on, man. Probably anyway. don't donate to the Santa is all I'm saying. Yeah. Feast Santa's, though, I'm all over that. Did you note something about a certain... Well, I can't... I, sorry. Um, before we get to him leaving for Europe with his suitcase... He needs to work on his voice. Like, he's at this event, and he's saying, I'm Spider-Man, and he's doing a higher-pitched voice than he does at any other point in the film. And it's concerning. He sounds like a 12-year-old child. Is it because he's nervous? Yes. Is that what we believe? It's definitely, and Aunt May tries to give him that feedback. Yeah, but like... She's like, you were a little stiff. (laughs) <laughs> and he's more than stiff. He's doing this, like, weird high-pitched voice, and I'm not about it. Like, I just don't, you know, would Aunt May really, like, bring him out for a crowd like this? Like, is that is that what she would be doing at this point in, in Spider-Man's career after knowing his secret identity? Maybe it was Peter's idea. I mean, I can't blame it all on her. This is until What If, the only reference we get to Ben Parker... In the entire MCU. Not just Ben Parker. Ben fucking Parker. BFP. Yeah. It's highly controversial middle name. Um, which was like, uh, you know, I really, I do appreciate that Easter egg as much as I wish that we could have gotten more 
of him or more mention of him. The other thing that's brought up on this, like, travel is a lot of holes in the lip. And holes that they actually kind of address. Okay, hold on. First of all, before we can get into this, because there's so many problems, <laughs> I really hate that they were like, we're going to call this the blip now. Because that seems like a term that's phrased specifically for Spider-Man, the Spider-Man little universe's blip. interpretation of this event. It's just like, it. it's so easy to be like, oh yeah, like he got blipped. Like it's so, it's like funny, which it is because they're like, oh, like Brad's five years older now and he's hot and everybody wants to date him. But I'm like... That's just, like, the term that everybody uses now, and I kind of hate it. I'm fine with the blip. It's I like feel a, like you need a term like that. Like, if you actually had something like this, you need a term. But it's, like, a goofy term. Yeah, well, you would make it goofy. Like, there's no other option. Like, it's so serious, you have to make it goofy. I guess. I also think that it, like, like speaking yeah, outside somebody the was universe, like, yeah, I like it. Yeah, my brother was younger than me, and then when I came back, he was older than me. Like, that is, like, such a serious thing that you can't even reckon with that you have to be like it was the blip i guess i, I just like I when people know. call it the snap which i guess is like the event it's just the like of the thing. snap but i think the snap but the, the, I don't, the five years is the i blip. know what the it snap is, is i snap. just don't like that it's called the blip. why i'm i'm just shocked i'm shocked by the script i don't like it it's just like the whole like it makes sense for this movie with like we're yeah, treating even, this let's talk about falcon like you don't think that makes sense calling it the blip i get yeah. why it's called the but blip. even I in just... that context with like um what's her name Carly? carly carly she's like in the blip like things changed like they talk about it in a more serious tone I like it's know. a term I that can be... it just sounds goofy when carly morgenthau's like oh like when we all got blipped and we had to start raiding these shelters to find she food. didn't get blipped i know like, during the blip. I just... I don't... It, this is not really, like, something that I need to rectify. Well, it's just a personal preference. You feel like preference. you need to bring it up, and I feel like I need to to stand by you know, the terminology. You know, if anyone else the out blip. there feels this way, I'm curious, because, like, it's okay. just personal preference. Tell us what you would like to call the five-year gap between Endgame and everyone coming back, or Infinity War and everyone coming back. What is that five-year time called call besides it, the blip? Just say after the snap. You know, yeah. nothing was the same after the snap. Yeah, but then what about, like, how do you differentiate when you come back? I don't know. The blip is the time, the, that time I get period. It. I get it. What do you call that time period? Listeners, we're asking for your opinion. Please take it seriously and tell us. On the note of the blip and being five years older or not five years older, they bringing this up in a funny way with Flash, where he's like in first class, first of all, which classic Flash, and he's like got a glass of champagne, and then Zendaya's like he blipped, like that doesn't count, like he's not, he's sixteen. Yeah. And I think that is a really great point to be like, yes, if you're like, if you were night, let's say you were seventeen pre-blip. You blipped. You still have your license that said you were that age that year. And, like, I think they that brings up a really good point of, like, how do you do that? The blip is a paperwork nightmare. It's a nightmare. Dude, it's so bad. It's and so bad. And I love bad. it. And I don't. If you were a teenager, it'd be the best fucking thing ever. 
Like, it's just... no one could be able to prove that you've blipped or not. It's almost like carrying around your vaccine card. It's like, you have to carry around a blip card. <laughs> it's so busted. And, like, it would be bad enough trying to process that with, like, a fully functioning, like, bureaucracy. But, like, something that's, like, still, like, shuddering under the weight of the five years... Like, trying to get all that sorted out. Uh-uh. These people are not going to have accurate, like, years on their any of their documents for, like, decades. They are screwed. But, yeah, no, for people like Flash, you know, if, if MJ hadn't snitched on him, you know, would have gotten be good to go. Just drinking champagne on an airplane. Yeah, so they're, like, on this airplane. Ned is being hilarious. He's, like, trying to help S-Man, Spider-Man, switching seats. He ends up sitting next to Betty. They begin, they recognize that they're soulmates. Romance blossoms. Um, It's a seven-point plan that he didn't intend to have. We also get Martin Starr, who is a joy that we all needed. This is the points where I was like, I have laughed out loud. Oh my god, 10 yeah. 10 to 12 times. Like, I was guffawing. His character The, the first, just... like, 30 minutes of this movie, and, and honestly, even beyond, but, like, definitely the first 30 minutes, I was, like, laughing out loud. It's so good. And the addition we of... We uh, Yeah. And J.B. Smoove is the additional teacher slash chaperone for this field trip. Just, like, giving yeah. Martin Starr something to bounce off of. He's, as like, barely even in this part. But it's just, like, good. Like... He, yeah, he only gets a handful of lines, but, like, I just love how they made those characters work in this. Because it makes so little sense for someone like Martin Starr's character to be, like, the lead for a field trip of this magnitude. Like, clearly, like, I don't think anyone would have trusted him after the debacle that was the DC trip. And, like, even if it wasn't his fault, like, everybody almost dying in the elevator, that they're like, you know what? This Fuck it. Guy. You go again. Also, in the plane scene, he's like, yeah, my wife said that she ran up, <laughs> so, but really she ran up with this other guy, is, which is a direct response or, like, a direct, like, follow-up to a deleted scene from the first movie from Homecoming where he's in the elevator talking about how his, like, wife hates marital him. Marital problems. Yeah, he has a lot of marital problems and, like, this is such a funny follow-up to He said they had, a, they had a fake funeral for his wife. Yeah, like we had a funeral. It was fake. Well, not the funeral. <laughs> it's, it's so it's fucked dark. up. I love it it's so dark. much. Because, like, it would only happen to him. And, like, every character that I've seen Martin Starr play, this is just a natural evolution of where his life would go. Like, if you've seen Party Down... This is him after he's finally given up on his dream of acting or screenwriting, I guess. My personal fan theory of Martin Starr is that all of his parts are in the same universe. It makes sense. None of the the, the things he's acted in have contradicted each other. I mean, that's probably not true, but like in my head, they all live in the same universe. And Martin Starr is every character he's ever played, and it's just Martin Starr. It just works. Yeah, it's just, he's had this tumultuous life, and everything just keeps going wrong, which tracks for every character that I've ever seen him play. Also, I want to see the documentaries on this plane. We see one that's, like, about the snap. We see one that's about Tony Stark. Yeah. He doesn't watch any of these that we see, but I'm like... You know which one we'll we don't do see? 
a Black Widow movie. Mm. Where is Fucked her up. love and Fucked support for her sacrifice? No one gives a shit about Black Widow. They're on, they only care about Iron Man. And again, this goes back to my premise that we said we weren't going to talk about anymore. It's like, when did we say we needed a Iron Man replacement? Because us as MCU viewers know that Iron Man is like a quote-unquote leader of the movies. Like, that was clearly our first MCU movie. But if you live in the world of MCU, I don't think it's clear that Iron Man is your leader. Like, yes, I think everyone obviously knows that he sacrificed himself, but I don't think everyone's like, how will the Avengers go on without Iron Man? What about fucking Captain America? Like, See, I think this makes sense. Because I don't think so. Iron Man was the first public superhero. Like, in Iron Man, it's like we're introduced to Tony Stark as Iron Man. They're like, whoa. Okay, this is like real A now. weapons dealer. Right. Turned superhero. And he's public. Sure. He goes public about it, so we know. And like, yeah, you could say that like Captain America was there, but like I don't think a lot of people knew about Captain America because he was, you know, on the front. And I feel like know. once he came on the scene, he was on the news. Yeah. Well, Captain America? Yes. Like back in the day? No. Like... When he oh came well, yeah, but ice. I'm saying, but like before that, it was Tony, and yeah, for the four years before that, it was Tony, right? But he was he was it. Like I guess there was like Hulk, but like they he made was Tony not to a be hero. Like, Hulk yeah, was not a hero. like he was so much in the limelight, and then like you can you know that like Stark Tower was already a thing in New York, like this landmark, and then that turned into like the Avengers base. So it's like okay, look, they're using Tony Stark's stuff to like operate out of. So to me, that makes sense. And I think it makes sense that, like, he would just, you know, he's the one that would be doing all of the, the press junkets and the interviews. I feel like he has representing. to come, come across that he's an asshat. Yeah, but I think it does. But also, I think he was, like, the face of the Avengers. Because so many of them are, like... Well, and especially after Civil War. Yeah, but, like, even before that, like, like Captain America was, like, obviously he did, like, those videos... Uh, like that we see in Homecoming. I mean, people know Captain America. But like Black Widow, Hawkeye, like and all the other people, they're like not going to be like out in public. I just think it's fucked up that she doesn't get recognized for what she did. I agree. And more more than her sacrifice, I think she should be recognized for what she did during the blip. I mean, yeah. And no one knows about that. She is the only hero, in yeah. my opinion. Well, she's the linchpin holding, like, what's left of the Avengers she's together. She's the only one carrying on. Yeah. She's got Bruce, who's, like, being a dickwad, half-Hulk. Captain Marvel popping in and out. Don't... Chris Evans has given up on life. And Tony is AWOL. Look, Cap was doing his support group, so I'll give him that. Yes, but he's given up. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, that's something that they're not really ever going to be able to rectify, which is really She's sad. a hero. Yeah. Okay. And like Everyone? They, they put her in the little montage at the beginning of this movie. Yes, but, like, but they gave Tony two montages. Yeah, and like what, what she did was like so important, but it's even worse because we've talked about how, you know, it's strange that people would or would not know about what happened in the events of Endgame, at least the stuff that happened at the Avengers compound. And... You know, no one's really going to talk about what what Black Widow did in that time, and that that is a shame because she was really important. 
Well, you but, know, who else feels like they didn't get enough recognition? Mysterio. Jake Gyllenhaal, as he is in my notes. Jake G. Let's talk about let's talk about Mr. Beck, Mr. Quentin Beck. My first note on all of this is isn't the water thing fake and is it making real damage? But they do yeah, like yeah. explain that there is real damage happening. I was kind of wondering that too because I forgot some of the small details. Oh, but fun fact about this: um, in the very beginning, when they get to Venice, and Peter, there's like a scene where Peter sees MJ and Brad like in the middle of a plaza surrounded by a bunch of pigeons, and he's like watching them, and then he goes to buy that necklace. Mm-hmm. Right before he goes to buy the necklace, you can see Jake Gyllenhaal in the background. He's I walking, he's wearing I a baseball cap. And he's, yes. He's looking all sneaky. I didn't think it was Jake Gyllenhaal. I thought it was somebody else, and I was like, why is... I thought it was Michael Fassbender, and I was like, why is Michael Fassbender in this scene? Crossover. But you're right, it is Jake yeah, Gyllenhaal. kind of keeping I an eye on I meant to him. make a note of that, actually. Yeah. It, he looks like Michael Fassbender. He does. Go back. But I, I really liked that because it just shows that he was there. He knew he was coming. He was he was planning. And that's why why he set up the, the holograms where he did, not just in another part of the city where Peter wouldn't have been there. Also, are we like just okay with Venice being like ruined? You know, I just don't think we're going to talk about it. Okay. Because <laughs> no one else is. Uh, historical buildings being demolished. The most important thing that I want to mention that I don't know if anyone else is mentioning is this plot is stolen from a little-known movie called The Incredibles. Exactly. This is the plot of The Incredibles. So in The Incredibles, there's a character named Buddy. And Buddy tries to befriend Mr. Incredible. And he's sad because Mr. Incredible's like, fuck off, Buddy. Go home. Buddy's like, I'm not going to fuck off. I'm going to create my own. I'm going to become my own superhero. So he creates some things that can control his made-up robot, which the robot does create real damage. But he can control it so he can stop the robot And then he stops the robot from hurting all these people. So then he's the hero. And everyone's like, oh my gosh, Ironic is back. Thank God. He's saving the day. And then they realize that he has like controllable arm things. And then they show him for who he is. And then they, the real Incredibles, the real Ironics stop him. And then that's the plot of the Incredibles. What's the Ironics? They mistake the the people in the movie. Like oh, do the they call civilians they that? are like, it's the ironics, <laughs> which I just I think for, is funny. That's why I'm that. saying that and not the incredible. First time, and I was like, what? No, they mistaken them as that's, it's the ironics. That's funny. Uh, but yeah, totally. And I would say that Syndrome probably had a better oh, plan. Yeah. His superhero name is Syndrome. Yeah, because like, just so dumb. I mean. Good for, like, a, a fake superhero. No, it's a terrible name. Well, like, it makes sense for him, Who's though. Who's gonna say Syndrome? Well, he thought he was hot shit, but it's a terrible name. Um, and I do like that Mysterio doesn't call himself Mysterio. I thought it was a fun way that they gave yeah, him this name. Yeah, but then he does start saying it. Yeah. Well, once someone tells him that, you know, when Peter says that, it's like, okay, well. Yeah, Mystery. I need a name now. Um, 
because like I don't really know what Mysterio's plan was going to be. Like, you would think that after a certain point, he wouldn't really be able to keep the illusion alive because he could fool people into thinking he's powerful. But then what happens when the next Avengers level threat like actually actual happens threat. and he's nowhere to be found or he tries to fight? And I guess he could use the drones I mean, he does as have weapons. a team of drones. Yeah, I guess that would be his way. Um, I do really like Mysterio's character design. Because when he was announced as the villain, a lot of people did not think that they would go through with using the classic fishbowl helmet, as everybody calls it. Because it's, it's nice. just, it's ridiculous it's looking. It's silly, yeah. But the nature of his character, it just, it makes sense. And I just think it looks cool. It works, I think. Yeah. My, my one question about this scene, which is, of course, um, Spider-Man and Mysterio teaming up to confront the quote-unquote water elemental in Venice is, does Peter always run around with his web shooters? Because he's saying to Ned when he's evacuating everybody, I don't have my suit. I left in the hotel. But I guess he's he's got his shooters. But that seems, to me, it seems like an all-or-nothing thing. That's one pro on Toby, Toby M. Yeah. He's always got his web shooters because they're built into his body. And he can't run out. Because he also runs out of the webs later in this. And that's a real problem. You know, it could be a problem, but I don't think it is. The running out of webs? No. It's more of a question for you. Do we ship May and Happy? Because hmm. this is also happening in the background. And personally, I'm just going to put that out there. I ship it. I think it's fun. I think it's cute. I love it. I think I'm more on board with May's interpretation of it as a summer fling and not anything serious because I think that makes more sense for the characters. Coming together after a time of crisis. But you know what? I, I do like it because obviously the only other moment that we got regarding May's personal life was with Tony. And that was that, wasn't that was nothing. That was just like fun flirting. But I, I kind of like it. I think I do like it. I don't know if I would permanently ship it, but still. The other thing I ship is Flash being in love with Spider-Man. Yeah. How much he defends him. He's like, well, Spider-Man would do it. Um, I love Spider -Man that. Spider-Man would jump in. Like he's, he's just really cool. He inspires me to like, be a better person. <laughs> when he's like, he, he inspires me to be a better man. And then he turns out to Peter. He's like, what's up, dick? Why? I thought you died. Classic. Great moment. Love it. I loved it <laughs> Flash continues. The, the whole cast of side characters continues to be great. And it's even better with the whole Ned and Betty thing. Like, when we first saw this and they get off the plane and they're like, we're together now, I was like, this is so fucking funny. No, the funniest part was at the very end of the film when they're like... We've matured and we're we, not We've together. moved on. But, like, Ned's acting every time that Betty is like, uh, like, babe. And he's hey, like, babe. He's like, coming, babe. <laughs> he's like, Ned, Ned is the most amazing actor we have in the whole film. He's so good. He's Underrated. So good. good job, Jacob Batalon. We love you. You know who I don't have time for? Who's that? Fake Fury. Get out of here. Yeah. I mean, I know at this point we don't know it's fake fury, but we know it's fake fury and get out of here. Yeah. I mean, it's it's so funny because like to me, to someone with no knowledge 
of like what's happening in the Marvel Cinematic Universe at this time, Beck's backstory seems somewhat plausible because like sure. we're getting, we're starting to get like a little weirder. Um, you know, we're seeing glimpses of like the cosmic realm. And we know what who can Doctor we... Strange is, right? So for someone to come from like an alternate Earth and he's like a pretty, you know, he's not a crazy guy. He's he's a human looking dude who can fire some green lasers. It's like, all right, I can I can get down with this. And for someone like uh, Talos posing as Fury, it's like, yeah, this this seems about right. <laughs> like I have no reason to question this. He seems to have everybody's best interests in hand, but the real Fury would not play this shit. I, he would at least do some background research. I also forgot that they mentioned, more than mentioned, introduce this idea of a multiverse in this film. Yeah. Like, that's very fun. That is one of the best things they did in this film in connection to the next film, which obviously we don't know until tonight what the next film is going to be, but him be Jake Gyllenhaal being like, I'm from Earth, but from a different Earth, from Earth, blah, 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 651. That's a good trivia question, by the way. Um, An impossible trivia question. (laughs) But, um, yeah, it's just like a really fun trivia question, being like, it's a multiverse. And then Tom Holland's Peter Parker, who is smart, being like, wait, if that's a multiverse, then like, da, 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 da. Like, I like that. I think that's really great, and I think it's a really fun tie-in for the next movie. Yeah. And then, like, you know, they put that in the trailer because Sony really? does that shit. But which trailer? This for, trailer for the Far From Home trailer. What you know, I Sony doesn't know how to cut a trailer to save their lives. But as far as it goes to serve the fake out of Mysterio's backstory, I thought it was great because it got everybody talking about like, oh my god, like they're going to do it. They're going to introduce the multiverse. Like this is this is like it. this is going to get so crazy. And then it just turns out that it's just some dude bullshitting. And now that it's actually happening, it's like, okay, cool. Yeah, but they're, it's, like, actually better. Yeah. Like, there's just something stinky about this. Definitely. Like, with Mysterium there and them being like, okay, this is the threat. And it's being like, this is a huge threat. Like, it could destroy the world. And it is so underwhelmed and that they're using Spider-Man. Because, like, the idea that we can't call, like, Doctor Strange in is just, like, hand-waved away. And... Honestly, I wish they hadn't even grappled with it because the idea of a superhero... Also, everyone's come back from the blip. So we have Sam, we have Black Panther, we have Bucky, we have Hawkeye. We have, like, all of these... We have the Hulk. Like, we have everybody else. Yeah. You have to recognize that that's just how it is. Like, and we don't need to really justify the non-existence of these other characters in this movie because that's just... That's just how it's written. And I, I wish we just didn't even ask because any of those heroes could have come in, wiped the floor of Mysterio and figured everything out in about five minutes and this movie wouldn't have happened. But that's not how they wanted it to go. So let's just not talk about it. That said, in the scene where they're talking about why the other heroes aren't there and Spider-Man asks why Captain Marvel can't handle it and quote unquote mm. Nick Fury says, don't invoke her name. I thought Captain that Marvel. was interesting. Makes so much more sense because everybody... There were a lot of people after Say the movie. Say more that about were, that. Because, like, I think to the scrolls, Captain Marvel is, like, this godlike figure almost because, like, she, like, saved them from the yeah. Kree threat. So just being like, oh, like, well, why can't fucking Carol Danvers come in and do it? And he's like, how dare you? Like, oh. she's busy. That's how I take oh, it. Oh, I thought, like, maybe something happened. 
Like, no, well, she yeah. messed up her relationship with the scrolls, which links back to issues that she has with Monica. Monica. No, see, I, I think this is more of like a don't take the Lord's name in vain type thing. Like, mm. how dare you? No, I, She's I took beyond it, this. I took it as they're mad at her. See, I don't think that that was... I get it, and like I've, I think I've actually talked to people on Reddit about this, but I'm like, I don't think that was the point of that line. I think that was supposed to be a hint, and I don't, Unfair. I don't think this is the place to be introducing that the idea that Captain Marvel has beef with the scrolls in the middle like, of the Spider-Man. Even movie. if it was like, don't take the Lord's name in vain, like that wasn't made clear. It was like I'm angry at her, oh, in so my opinion. That's not how I take it. But either way, um, like that was definitely a big tell at first because it's like, why, why would Nick Fury? I mean, like. Nick Fury knows Captain Marvel, of course, so I guess it makes sense either way. But, like, it's just, like, a fun a fun hint, I would say. Well, I know we said we'd stop shitting on the movie, but something new has been introduced that makes me shit on the movie more. Is that Edith? It is Edith. So, <sighs> Tom Holland, Peter Parker is meeting up with Fury, Mysterium, all these people, and he gets these glasses that were Tony's. And Tony wants Peter to have them. And apparently by Tony being like, I think Peter should have these glasses, the glasses mean that you should have all powers of the Avengers here and forever after. And this is going to replace me. These glasses have never once been introduced before. No one gives a shit about these glasses. This is the first time we're ever seeing these glasses. These glasses mean nothing. These glasses are a flimsy plot device to have some sort of continued presence from Tony Stark in the movie. Besides and them like being able to just talk about... continued pressure on Peter. Yeah. It's just like a way for them to have something beyond the fact... It's a way for them to have Tony be in the movie beyond talking about Tony being gone. Now, the idea of giving something as powerful as Edith to Peter seems to be a bit much, even for Tony. Yeah, general thoughts on Edith. One, Edith is super strong. Yeah, can you describe Edith for the listeners? To my understanding, Edith is an AI that gives the user control of a global system of satellites, defense, mm-hmm. and offense systems that allow you to... And computer systems. Yeah. Like, you can see what people you are can, texting each you other. You can get intel. You can track people. You can target people uh, that, that are near you and people that are presumably on the other side of the globe. One... Tony should not have been making stuff like this after the Ultron debacle. I thought he was over making global defense systems. Shouldn't have been making it after Iron Man 1 debacle. Well, we know that. But like, I'm just saying, generally, he did want to do a global defense system, which he did, and it went poorly. So I would hope that he wouldn't try to do it again. But I guess I'm not surprised, because he did it twice within the span of one movie in Age of Ultron. Um, but, yeah, it's just... I, it's it's silly for me to say that I have to like suspend disbelief in a Marvel movie because it's completely ridiculous from the jump, but like, even when Tony was making like his worst decisions, I don't I think he was above this. 
Like, this seems to be, like, really crossing a line. No, it's super creepy. It reminds me of Batman and Batman and Dark Knight. In the dark, yeah. like Where he can hear people's phone calls and can, like, track the Joker that way. And Lucius is like, we should destroy Lucius this. Lucius is like, I won't work for you as long as you work on this. Yeah. And he walks away. Yeah. But, like, I just wish, like, if they were really intent on including really Edith... I would just have appreciated a bit more backstory on, like, why this was a thing. Like, if it was something that was created, like, in, like, a really dark moment for Tony or something. And maybe, I think I would have liked it if it, like, accidentally ended up in Peter's hands somehow. What you're saying, like, makes sense. But, like, it is so contrived. Yeah, I mean, I, like... I, don't, I don't like it either because I think it's just, it's a very forced way of bringing Tony's legacy into this story. And it's not, like, they could have picked a more organic choice. I don't necessarily know what that would have been. But, hey, I'm not the Hollywood screenwriter. I just think that it's a ham-fisted way to be, like can Peter Parker handle the power of Iron Man? When this, like, wasn't even really the understanding that I had of, like, what Iron Man's power was, because I thought that he wasn't doing shit like this anymore. Yeah, no. I mean, he has Jarvis, but that's very different. Yeah, it's, like, an outdated idea of, like, what the Iron Man mantle is. No, and I don't like that it means, like, Peter somehow thinks, like, if I hand off Edith, it hands off the Iron Man responsibility. And I'm just like, nobody connected Edith to the Iron Man responsibility. And, and I guess they're like, well, this is all in Peter's head. Like he made, he made that leap and bound, but I'm like, that doesn't even happen on screen. Like it's, it's just the most contrived plot, and it happens, like, halfway through the movie, where it's, like, Spider-Man hands off power to Jake Gyllenhaal, and Jake Gyllenhaal immediately reveals that he's a bad dude. And I'm like, great, I love that that happens halfway through the movie. Like, I think that makes the movie a lot more interesting, but I just don't understand why we needed this Edith thing, and that, like... Peter is the key to giving power to Jake Gyllenhaal, especially since Fake Fury is the one that, like, signed off on this guy, and then it just, like, made Peter, like, feel bad for, like, trusting him. I'm like, no, Nick Fury told him to trust him and gave him his identity. Like, it's, I love the Mysterio plotline. Like, I love this, like, angry ex-employee group, and that they're, like, I think they're the perfect, perfect villain post in game like i think this is an actually really interesting and fascinating plot where they're the ones angry about where the world is and i think it would have been so more so much more interesting if they had actually tied in the aftermath of the blip into their anger being like look at where you left us tony like look at where your sacrifice left us we were happier before the blip. Like, this is what they tried to do with Carly Morgenthau, but they failed to do. And yeah. I think they could have actually done it very successfully in this movie. Like, if they had been successful scientists post-Tony World in the post-blip era. And I, I don't know. I just, I think they made a mistake. But I, regardless of that, honestly, no matter what, I think this was a great villain. It's just, I agree with you. I just feel bad for, like, dumping on this movie to end our Spider-Man marathon, but, like, there just are 
a lot of problems. And like, I don't know how this movie could have handled that sort of, because clearly they had, they had an idea that they wanted to grapple with. And I don't think they went around it in the best way, but I don't know what the alternative would have been. Um, but I, I do like Mysterio. Maybe part of the problem for me is comparing Mysterio's motivations to Carly Morgenthau's is like, we have one of these that's clearly like, Mysterio's motivations have nothing to do with the blip. No, I know, but I think it would have been more interesting. No, and I'm agreeing. Oh. Because like, this movie is, it, it should be more crucial, the time that it's taking place, but like, this movie could have come out you know, anytime before Endgame, and none of this well, would yeah, matter. Well, yeah, his, just like, like, fake villains mean nothing to anyone else in the world. Yeah, it's just, it's so disconnected. Everyone's like, okay, just another thing. Yeah, because, like, We're I... We're gonna be fine. Like, I, I think Mysterio's a better villain than Carly Morgenthau, but... I oh, know, he's a great villain. I totally villain. agree that, like, there could have been something that connected it more to the universe as a whole. And also, like, we talked about how... It doesn't, these movies don't necessarily have to like progress the plot of the entire universe to like have value, but it helps when they do. And this didn't, except for like the scroll thing, barely. And if it had addressed some of the themes that were touched on in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, that would have been great. That's what I mean. It feels like a Spider Man movie, not a Marvel movie. Right. Like, let's connect. Like, we can do, we can handle the the themes of like people coming back after five years in a Spider Man way, but we can also connect it to like, how we're going to handle it in these other series and movies, but we just didn't. So you're totally right. I do think one fun thing that we see, or I noticed this time watching is when Peter jumps out of the bus to stop the drone and he's like, Hey, look, there's like mountain, mountain goats, mountain goats. And everyone turns and he like jumps up. MJ is still looking at him when he comes back into the bus. Like, she sees what he did. And I was oh. like, I think that's a great, like, plot thing. Yeah. Because she's, like, figuring it out. Like, she knows. She knows like, what's going on. And, like, you can't really see her, but she's, like, blurry. Yeah. When he's coming back into the bus. And I don't think her head turns, personally. And I think that's a, I she think was, that's a conscious choice. She definitely had eyes on him as soon as he was, like, started acting weird when he came back on the bus. Like, she was watching him in the first movie, even if she, like, acted like it was a joke. Like, no. Like, she was, she knew yeah. something was up. Do you think there's any part of Jake Gyllenhaal that actually cares about Peter? Because um, I think yes. I I think so. And I think the, the further he goes along, the less connected he gets. But at, at first, I do think he he thinks of Peter as just like a kind of unfortunate like means to an end. And he feels bad about taking advantage of him, genuinely. But as Peter starts to get like, more involved and starts messing with him that kind of just all goes out the window but i do think he at first like was like this is i don't think he wants to kill him no he's like you're we're gonna use you and it's gonna be great and then we're all gonna go on our merry way yeah yeah um i'm at like the what we think is the big fight with the ferris wheel and night monkey suit i'm a big fan and I really, it and I really like the night monkey, monkey suit. Or whatever. Yeah, uh, the knock the monkey or That's something. That's in the but, video game, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I use that suit a lot in the video game. I think it's very cool. Props to the costume designers because we get a very good variety of suits in this one. 
I do have to say, on a plot point, Ned has one job. He is supposed to keep everyone at the opera, and literally Zendaya leaves, and then his girlfriend's like, oh, I want to follow Zendaya, and then he also leaves, and then gets on a fucking Ferris wheel, and I'm like, Ned, <laughs> what are you doing, man? You're the man in the chair! I mean, he's technically in a chair on the Ferris wheel. Will you allow me to form another complaint? I'll allow it. Our listeners are going to go ballistic. It's against my one of my favorite characters. Let's hear it. Do you know which character I'm referring to? Your favorites in this movie? I don't know. It could be anybody. That was a sarcastic favorite. Oh, your friend Maria Hill. Yes. How did you know? Okay. Anyway. They're like fighting the fourth quote unquote elemental, which is fire. Allegedly the most dangerous. Which I feel like at some point we should get back to this whole like plot scheme. But anyway, Maria Hill at one point is just like... Well, earlier, she's, like, the one explaining why this all makes sense and, like, the locations and, like, all of this bullshit, like, checks out. I'm like, fuck you, Maria Hill. This is all your fault. (laughs) And then second of all, which I know it's a fake Maria Hill, but either way, both Maria Hills suck. Anyway, she's the one saying it's too late. Like, the fire elemental has gotten too strong. Like, she says... It's too late. And I'm like, you don't even know. Like, what is too late? Like, how do you know it's too late? All it is is they're just, like, taking whatever Mysterio is feeding them as fact because they don't know to do their jobs. Because the real Nick Fury did clearly not vet them. It's so infuriating. It's infuriating. I will die on this hill. Insert here. Yeah, I was trying it's to think of a hill. My thing own sound of music with Maria. <laughs> if you get it, until you next get time it. we're out of the superverse. <laughs> if you get it, you get it. So we have this fight with the fire elemental. We think through the eyes of of Peter that Mysterio has just committed a act of selfless heroics and somehow survives but you know he had to survive but he also had to make sure peter saw him basically try to kill himself doing yeah you know i'm gonna do that i'm gonna be the hero i'm gonna sacrifice i'm gonna do the sacrifice play and we get this great scene with peter and mysterio in a bar in a bar peter's drinking lemonade yes and he's of sober mind, I just want everyone to he is. know. Yeah, he is. He's not under the influence. But they have this great conversation where it's like, Peter is clearly thinking that he's like, well, I have been thrust, this responsibility has been thrust upon me. What would you say about the responsibility? Well, with great power, as you know. In the words of Peter B. Parker, don't say that again. I'm so sick of hearing it. Um you can but kind that's of, what they're doing. Yeah, but you can see, like, the gears turning in Peter's head. Like, the place where he's at in his life. He has gone through all that he has gone through. 
in the years since Civil War. He's gone to space, he's fought aliens, he has fought the Vulture at home, and he's tried to be a neighborhood Spider-Man. And I think that in his mind, he has doubt that he can even handle that level of responsibility. And now here he is, through no responsibility of his own, placed in the... He was on vacation! What has been given to him is this object of immeasurable power that should not... Are you talking about Edith? I'm talking about Edith. This is something that should not exist, let alone be put in the hands of a teenager, Tony. Bad call. Yes, but the thing is about Edith, it's like he didn't even use it in this battle. Like... He only used it on the fucking bus. Like, there is nothing tying Edith to Mysterium at this point. Like, there's no reason for him to be in his head like, oh, I don't want this power. I will now give my power, i.e. Edith, to Mysterium. There's nothing connecting it. Oh, are you saying Mysterium? I don't know what his name is. I I have literally all... I just want to say... I just want to cop to something now on the podcast. Oh, we're keeping this in all all episodes. (laughs) I have both been saying Mysterio and Mysterium because I don't know which is which, which is why I mostly say Jake Gyllenhaal. (laughs) And I still don't know what the answer is. Would you like to know? Sure. Mysterio. Yeah, that's what I said, Mysterio. I said Mysterio. Anyway, Mysterio. There's something connecting them. To me, Peter, he has these glasses, which he is connecting them very strongly to the memory of Tony Stark. Fine. Which, like, I'm trying to view this through the eyes of Peter, a literal child, trying to grapple with everything that has been dropped in his lap. So he has these glasses, which are connected to an all-powerful AI, and he puts them on one time, and that results in him getting his classmate almost killed because he doesn't understand how to use it, much like he didn't understand how to use the suit without the training reels protocol in the first yeah, movie. Yeah, it's a good callback to that. And I think he jumps to the conclusion where, okay, well, I tried to use it once, and clearly, you know, he got the, he got the talking to in the first movie from Tony as well about the suit and about like how he shouldn't be able to use these things if he doesn't understand the consequences of his actions. And I think, which I think this could have been communicated better, like, okay, like, I'm I'm hearing this this memory of Tony from beyond the grave scolding me again because he's giving me this, this ability and I'm not using it appropriately. So let me take this yes, guy. Yes, fine, this... but no, how do the glasses connect to what's happening with Mysterio? He's... They have not been connected at all. He sees, he's like, okay, I'm, I'm here. And I have this huge power that's been dropped in my lap by Tony Stark. I cannot handle it. I've tried to use it. I can't handle it. I don't want to do it. I can't. I, I want to give it to somebody, but I don't know anybody that I can give it to because he's not close with any other heroes. He fights the elemental. That has nothing to do with the glasses. The glasses have no bearing on him having... The responsibility of feeling like he has to fight this elemental. I'm just saying that, like, if they want the glasses to be, like, him passing his responsibility that Tony has passed on to him to Jake Dillenhaw, they need to connect the glasses to him doing the Spider-Man stuff. And they didn't do that. That is my issue with it. Like, I understand the significance of the glasses. And I understand 
Peter not wanting the responsibility, like not wanting the responsibility, period, straight up, makes perfect sense, a great plot point. Like, I think that's an excellent plot choice. What I don't agree with is that the glasses connect to Mysterio and what's been happening with the elementals and all of that stuff. Like, I don't want to keep fighting elementals and such. I want this new character to... What does the glasses have to do with that? Because the glasses had nothing to do with him fighting in the first place. Sorry yeah. if that went on too long. I agree with you. Maybe they should have taken this scene on the bus with Edith and put it in one of the battles instead. Yes, he should like, have been wearing the glasses in the fight scene or something. There needed to be something to connect the glasses with him having this responsibility. Because to me, the glasses were just like a fun gadget from Tony that had nothing... The, the suit had more to do with like... Give up the fucking suit. Like, that's more empowering. I just, it doesn't all connect for me. I know, And this is the same note I've had over and over. This is what I said in my notes. I was like, I just feel like I've been writing the same note over and over again. And I'm sorry for repeating it. Yeah, I mean, I get it. I think it's just a cheap plot device for them to personify the weight that Peter feels. I just don't think the glasses mean responsibility, is my point. If I'm trying to interpret this scene through Peter's eyes. It's not so much about anything. Like it's not about the practicality of like what these glasses mean. And although I wish they would have in incorporated it better into him fighting alongside Mysterio, all Peter has in that moment is the crushing weight of everybody expecting him to do something that he does not want to have to handle. And he shouldn't have to handle. And he has this physical reminder of like the fact that for some godforsaken reason, Tony thought that Peter could handle this power, whether like, you know, what Edith is, I feel like is even besides the point, it's just like, I have this and it is like reminding me of all the stuff that I do not want to have to do at this point. Like I don't want to be operating on this level and I'm here with you, and I've seen what you can do, and I, I don't care. I just need to get this off my plate now. So here. You know? I get that it's a reminder, but I would like to be a reminder to say that he was fighting whatever before he even got the glasses. I know. The first fight was pre-glasses when they were still in Venice. I'm just saying that, like... So, like... I, I get what you're saying, like, that he's not connecting his, like, overall sense of responsibility with the glasses, but I think that's a flaw. Like, he was fighting this thing, he got on a bus, got the glasses, fought another thing, no glasses, went to a bar with this guy that he fought stuff with and was like, oh, I have these glasses. If I give them to you, it means I have no more responsibility. And I'm just saying at no point in the movie, I'm not even talking about Peter at this point, the movie did zero setup to connect the glasses with responsibility. Hmm. There is zero connection at all, in my opinion, with the glasses and the responsibility. And I think that is... The second major flaw of this film. Hmm. Underneath the whole, no one's asking Spider-Man to take up the mantle of Iron Man. Now, the gaps that the movie did do really well, and I really appreciated, like, a lot, 
was as soon as the movie flips and we now know who Jake Gyllenhaal really is, they immediately are like, these are all of the things that are happening. Like, this guy's doing drones. This guy's making the damage happen, but this guy's making it look like this thing is happening. I'm like, I fucking love this attention to detail and that they're like, we've covered all of the bases in terms of, like, this quote-unquote destruction and, like... So people can't be like, oh, how, yes. do, the, how do the drones work? I, yes, <laughs> this villain is like, I've got it covered. And I honestly, as a viewer, think that this is one of the best scenes that they ever could have included in this movie was like, no, we accounted for all of this. And even if, like, the technology doesn't really, like, make sense, quote-unquote, it makes sense in the movie. Like, there's an explanation for everything in the movie. I did have this question to you. I, I think it was later in the movie, but I'll just ask it now since we're kind of on it. But, like, do you feel like this technology is at pace with the other technology we've been introduced to in the films because I feel like it toes the line of reasonableness. To me, there's, like, two levels of MCU technology. There's, like, I can... The the nanotech is, like, the maximum... I'm not talking about space. Oh, yeah, no, like... (laughs) I'm not talking about space. I'm I'm saying, like, I would put the Earth-level technology into two categories. You have the stuff like Iron Man's suit, Black Panther's suit, like, the anything, like, exosuits, Falcon's wings... Things like that. Uh, maybe even put like the PIM particles in there. Yeah, that gets dicey, but sure. Then the second one is like the shit that like pops up one time and never comes back. So like extremists and like what is that? The oh, stuff the from Iron Man, Iron Man Three, and it's yeah. like yeah, that doesn't make sense. The uh, I guess it is still PIM PIM <laughs> PIM particles, but like the shrinking gun from Ant Man. It's like they have these things that are like a thousand percent stronger and maybe more disbelievable and i put it in that second category the drones. like it's not so much like just the idea of the drones because that's like pretty basic but it's all the stuff that we see the drones used for in that big illusion against spider-man in germany um, yeah, is where I mean, I'm they're like, like in a full building and he's like manipulating the entire building. I'm like, I get the drone thing, but like, this is too much. Like, what I would love like, to see is like too... what that looks like from outside the illusion. Because it's, I feel so stupid being like arguing with any of this, like in a movie like Spider Man, but like, drones would not be able to like black out something. Like he's like in this endless void. I'm like, this doesn't. This makes no sense. Like he would end but up like, walking into something. He would walk into a wall, which he does, but like only when Mysterio wants him to. Yeah. Um. But like he's in a building. Right. And like he like falls off stuff, and then he lands on the floor, and like like we just I just don't know like what's going on. Like, like I where do he's think it's well in. done. It is. And they show it, and I feel like I buy it. Like I I am actually willing to buy it, but I, I just mean like. The actual technology of being able to do that, I'm like, does this match where we are? And I guess it does. I think it does. I, I think so, In too. the MCU, I think it matches. Because, like, there's some crazy shit going on. And even, like, for the things that I'm, like, slightly less willing to believe, it's, like, these fringe scientists and stuff. Like, I believe it was someone that has access to, like, Stark money and, like, all the weird shit that he had been working on. Because even, I am assuming... That within those five years, even, 
maybe he had worked on something else, just like puttering, that they somehow came into contact. They didn't have to explain it, but if they needed no, to. No, they don't need to. But the thing I find most unrealistic is that all of these drones are coming out of a satellite. Yeah. Yeah. In space. That seems bullshit. Nah. And then that all of the drones look like a projector you would find in your, like, 10th grade science class. Yeah. Which but with, like, my office literally owns, like, a projector <laughs> that looks like that. No, it doesn't have projectiles, but it looks like that kind of... Like, that's what it looks like. It's, like, white, and yeah. it's, like, got a rounded, like, screen. Like, it's... Like, the actual technology is not that advanced. What the technology can do is what feels unrealistic. That, see... Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, totally. The other Marvel stuff looks advanced and does advanced things. Like, the nanotech. Like... It looks really advanced, and it also does an advanced thing. This doesn't look that advanced, but it, we're being told that it's doing this advanced technology, and I don't really feel like we're being shown it. Like, it feels... This feels like a Sony thing and not a Marvel thing. And I know... I'm so sorry, Sony. That's shitty to say, but, like... Yeah, but, like, fuck you, it Sony. Does. Uh, one thing that I noticed... Kevin, was, what are you doing? Yeah, Kev? Amy Pascal, what are you doing? No, I'm blaming Kev on this. Probably safe. Yeah, come on, man. Come on, Kev. One thing that I did read on a Reddit thread talking about mysterious technology, I think a lot of people were kind of unimpressed oh, with like the fact his, that it was just like... like green... Well, no, it like was what just, he's just actually... about the drones. Oh, no, oh, some oh, more about okay. the drones. I think some people were unimpressed that the whole thing was just like chalked up to holograms because yeah. Mysterio in the comics... Can it's actually like, do It's so. a whole like suite of stuff. It's like very... It goes from like very basic like parlor tricks to, like, hallucinations. Like, he, like, drugs people. Yeah. Which is kind of like a scare... They kind of show that. I mean, he's not actually drugging Peter, but it's... Like, a scarecrow-style thing. Yeah. So I feel like... uh, It would have been, like... I think they kind of do that through the hallucination. Yeah. Or not... uh, Obviously, it's not hallucination. But, like, uh, a combination of being, like, I'm going to, like, make you more susceptible to this and then throw all this at you, and it's, like, sensory overload... If they needed, if they felt the need to like really justify how he was seeing what he was, yeah, like obviously less. Well, I mean, he goes pretty far into like the horror thing for a bit, but like just to be like, you're really like, you know, you're basically tripping, and then I'm gonna give you these illusions, and it's gonna make it a billion times worse. Yeah, if this wasn't an actual Marvel movie, and honestly, if it was like a Doctor Strange movie, they would have gone so much deeper into the, I don't know, it's real. And relying on, as they call it, the Peter Tingle. I just think that they could have... Drinking. If if they had done that for real with, with Doctor Strange type of thing, they would have gone really deep into that and would have been really fucked up and really would have fucked with your head. Yeah. Kind of like Inception. Yeah. Like, you don't know what's real and what's not, and you need to have something in your hand to, like, link you to the real world. Yeah. And... I think it's kind of a missed opportunity. Like I really like what they had, but the opportunities are maybe a bit missed. But the saving grace is if, for whatever reason, they were like, we're going to bring Mysterio back. Mysterio doesn't have to be Quentin Beck. No, it doesn't. And it's or great because they... Gyllenhaal. Yeah. Because that's established, not his real name. Right. But they established, like, this team. And, like, they have... This technology did not die with Jake Gyllenhaal. Like, it's all there. All these guys. Because, like, Peter didn't know about them. 
Like, they're all doing their thing. Yeah, he doesn't know that there's a whole network of yeah. people. Yeah. And, like, they could just as easily, you know, just well, never go back to it. That but. might come up in this new film because they know that somebody released that tape. Mm-hmm. And we see that at the end of this movie, what's his name, from... Which is a connection to Iron Man. Oh, one. can I just say how much I love that? Like yeah, you when may they say that. They did like the, the they started introducing like how all these characters were connected. And the first we get the thing with Jake Gyllenhaal's character being the one that created Barf and like being off stage in the the scene in Civil War where he's like, using it as his personal therapy. But the fact that he brought the back the scientist that gets yelled at by Jeff Bridges in Iron Man One. Is the greatest shit. And, like, I also like the way that they, like, showed it. Like, they had it, like, in black and white. And it was just, like, this guy, like, the most unassuming character that nobody remembered. Because he was just there, like... It's a great scene, you know, getting yelled at because Tony... Tony Stark built this in a cave with a box of scraps. But you're paying attention to Stain because he's this intimidating presence towering over this other guy who has three lines in the whole movie. And then gets brought back 11 years later because he's still pissed I mean, at Stark. what was that actor doing? No, he's chilling. But, you know, like, for, for any problems that or misgivings I might have about these movies making the villains tied to Stark instead of Spider-Man, um, this is, like, such a great way to do it. No, I think it was... And that's what I meant earlier when I said this was such a great group of villains to do as a post to end game yeah like it was yeah. so good to do this whole like anti-iron man bit and and i think it felt very realistic like that's why i like mysterio as a villain i like all of the background that they get i think that i think we've already talked about a lot of it that there are two big flaws that they tried to do with this movie that they didn't need to do like they could have just done a homecoming as spider-man where he's on a class trip with his classmates. Yes, we get it. It's after Endgame. It's weird that they're going to Europe. We we know that in our hearts that this doesn't make sense. And that Europe wouldn't look the way that it does. But whatever. They're there. Um, and that he gets... I just think that they could have just done that he gets roped into this whole Mysterio plot line. And they don't need this whole fake Nick Fury thing. And especially yeah. since like they haven't brought in this fake this fake Nick Fury thing and we're how many years out of this film? How many years has it been since? Two. What? Oh my god. Right, two and a half. Time like... doesn't exist. <laughs> I could have sworn it had been five years since this movie <laughs> came out. No! <laughs> We've all lived many lives. <laughs> Some okay, more than fine. others apparently. Okay, fine. I'll I'll nix what I said <laughs> last, but I still think they didn't need to do this whole Nick Fury thing. Like, they could have just done a more simple plot with with Tom Holland's Spider-Man and Peter being like, I don't want the responsibility that I took on in Endgame or, or what I took on in, in Infinity War. Like, that could have just been his own personal journey. Like, I shouldn't have gone on that airplane or that spaceship or whatever. Like... I should have stuck to my neighborhood Spider-Man. I bit off more than I could chew. Like, they could have done that. Yeah, maybe had... And looped in the whole Mysterio thing. Like, Mysterio's a great villain. Yeah. They kind of... 
included the entire they could have put the whole Nick Fury thing in a post credit scene if they wanted to like have Peter meet Nick Fury and then him leave and turn to the scroll yeah not being bad yeah have him play all the guilt and responsibility business off on like Ned have them have some scenes together that aren't comic relief yeah like and we I, I honestly don't feel like you added anything to this movie like that did nothing we yeah. could have just and honestly it would have meant more it would have connected more to like Spider-Man at the core that like this responsibility is coming from within it's not coming from a fucking pair of glasses you know what you know what they should have done have Spider-Man go to a boxing gym <laughs> <laughs> well I have, I have to uh, in lieu of like Edith being a plot device just have like a moment where someone of authority is distrustful of Mysterio instead of having like the previously indisposed head of shield put blind faith into this guy who's just made up his whole backstory maybe someone's like doubting Mysterio being like are we sure this guy isn't just full of shit and like putting the onus on Peter to like make the call and then Peter's like fuck this you are good at your job, you go fight them. And then he gets another healthy dose of guilt on top of that. But who's, but like the, not, who's that with? It, it could just be, like, Ned. Like, just, like, just somehow, like, sow this distrust, or, like, maybe he's just, like, a sketchy guy, and everyone doesn't like love Spider-Man him. Like, Spider-Man doesn't trust him, or he trusts him too much, because he's like, no, I well, just Spider-Man want anyone to take him, it on. But, like, someone that he's close to, but not this fake Nick Fury, is like, do we know about this? Like, are you I sure you want to leave it in his hands? That seems like Ned would say that, yeah. Hey, John Watts. Director's cut, baby. Is John Watts the director? <laughs> yeah. Okay, I was like, who are you speaking to? Are you Just some guy. <laughs> That's yes, not my, my name. my co-host, right John Watts. <laughs> Um, I want to spend a little time on MJ, if we may. Let's do it. Um, yeah, what do you I, think? I really like their dynamic in this movie. Um, I mean, they, they get, like, a lot of screen time, whether it's not necessarily together, but we just see Peter talking about it. I know we talked about how maybe this was not earned, necessarily. The At least the point where we start part, in it yeah. coming out of the first movie. But as it goes, I really like it, because... I think they're cute. Yeah, and I ship them. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I just don't like being told that Peter already was in right. love with Could have done without that. Um, but I really like the scene where she, like, figures out that he's Spider-Man. And then it's like, I was only, like, 67% sure. Because in, <laughs> you know, the other movies, um, like the other series, the... the Kirsten Dunn's. Kirsten Dunn's finding out was unequivocal. Like, she knows. Like, obviously. Yes, like, but she never figured it out. That was the no, she best didn't figure thing. It out. Honestly, that is the best thing this movie did, yeah. was having MJ figure it yeah, out. Yeah, she didn't figure it out, and um, Emma Stone didn't figure it out. Like, Peter was just like, hey, I'm Spider-Man. Early he up, told her early Which was on. refreshing, the which Gwen we talked about. Thing, if you haven't listened to our yeah. episode on that. Um, but yeah, this is definitely like, okay, this is like a different MJ. Like, you're, yeah, she's, she's on to you. Yeah, I, I have some thoughts and questions on that. So, well, one, I think Zendaya 1 seems very young in this. Like, she seems so youthful, which is weird because she's, like, doing um, Euphoria basically at the same time where she does not seem very young. Um, she just, like, has, like, a very youthful presence on yeah. the movie of this. Um, but I just don't know enough about the MJ that's in this movie like is this mj based off of any comic because the only mj i'm familiar with is like kirsten dunn's version where 
she's mostly kind of damsel in distress or just like doing her own thing actress like in a love triangle very love interest adjacent and this mj feels again i said this during the spider-verse episode like i think this version of zendaya should be gwen and i think she should be being set up as spider gwen and I think it's just, it's a waste to have her cast as MJ, which I feel like MJ's in a box. And I and I think they're exploring outside of that box in these movies. Like, I don't think they're keeping to that, which I, I love. I think that's great. But at the end of the day, like, what are we doing with this character? Because I don't think MJ does a whole lot in the series that I'm aware of. I can't In terms say, of comics. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think the, the Sam Raimi movies really were, like, classic versions of these characters so like we got like a lot of the yeah stuff and i I loved kirsten dunst but i do think that the more modern comics have given her more agency outside of just being like the love interest which that is very clear in this movie that she had a lot of agency and i absolutely adore that i think that's amazing so and like yeah i don't i don't know if they're really taking any direct inspiration from like a certain version of the character because if you ask anybody at Marvel, they're very insistent that this character is Michelle and not MJ. Mm-hmm. I think that, I don't know, I think they were just struggling to figure out, like, well, we don't want to do MJ or Gwen because the other series already did them, so they hit this, like, weird But medium. then don't do MJ. But don't say my name is MJ. But they're like, it's not MJ, which is so... Don't such... say my name is MJ, then. Yeah. If you want to do something separate, I mean, wonderful. I'm I'm just confused on what on what they're trying to say, I guess. Cuz th- we get like wonderful scenes in this very latter half of the movie where the where we get Flash, Ned, Betty, Happy and Zendaya. I know I keep calling her Zendaya, but MJ in like a scene together and it is so wonderful. And, like, she's badass, but she's still, like, her dark sense of humor. And then we get, like, everyone's, like, in character. Yeah. But I just love all of it. Well, I assume that she's getting more, like, I'm a love interest, which I want more of that. Like, I honestly do. Like, not just, like, I need to be saved, which I don't think they're going to do because they haven't showed that so far. But, like, I want want to see them together and in a relationship. Like, I like all of that stuff, and I... I think that's one of the things that the Raimi films did really badly, as I've mentioned at length in the Tobey <laughs> Maguire films, if you'd like to go back and listen at how badly they did that relationship. Yeah. And, yeah, there's a lot of room for them to redeem that in these MCU movies, and we just haven't seen that many relationships. Is that weird to say? We just haven't. That's not what the focus of these movies have been. Yeah, which is fine. Which I, I don't need it, yeah. but I like it. That's right. If you're going to, like, introduce these characters and make them open, just, like, let's just, you exactly. know, make that important. If you're going to do it, do it. Yep. If not, don't bother. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of at the point where he gets hit by the train. He's, like, in this optical illusion. Yeah. And which there's is like... some really shady shit that happens where he thinks... He's broken out of it. I loved that. Like, that was so good. Do you want to say what happened? Well, okay. So we get this. The first thing that we get is what we think is Nick Fury picking Peter up to go 
meet up um, like Are at this building. Are you saying you don't think that's what happened? So, well, I'll get to that afterward. So he gets taken to this facility where he thinks he's being briefed by Nick Fury and Maria Hill about Mysterio, and he's like, well, hey, first of all, guys, like, I gotta talk to you about this, because me and MJ just found this projector, and we think that like he's up to no good, and you know, Fury's being shady, and he's like, who did you tell this to? And Peter being Peter, cops to, like, telling... Not till um, later. Well, oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's, I guess that's he, the part I was saying. He, he knows that something is going wrong, and then we get the... The scene changes. But, so, my, my understanding, the first time I watched it, and then half of the second time we watched it was, like... He goes to this location. He, I thought he was with the real Fury and Maria Hill. And then the scene changes and Jake Gyllenhaal comes in and takes over and is like doing the optical illusion bullshit and shoots Fury. And that at some point Spider-Man thinks that Nick Fury has fought his way through, beaten Mysterio, and then is like okay, you have to tell me who you told so we can protect them. And so then he tells them, Ned and MJ. Yeah. And then we find out that it's actually still Mysterio, like Nick Fury hasn't saved the day, and that he's going to get hit by a train and quote-unquote die. But, like, I thought that there was a real Nick Fury and Maria Hill at some point early in the movie, but I don't think there was. I think that that was all contrived. So the building, all of the building stuff was contrived. Yeah. I think that what makes, do you think? I think that makes more sense. It's just like we, like when that illusion starts to show, Maria Hill disappears, but Fury doesn't. I know, that was weird. So, but like, if that was supposed to be the real Fury and he just gets out, it's then okay that was if just... Maria Hill disappears. Right. But like... It doesn't really matter, I guess, but if that's if that's if it was supposed to be like the the real fake Fury and not a hologram, they just didn't address it because the next time we see him, he's just walking down the street with Marie. Right, he he's not it. shot at all. Yeah, so, I do think like it's it probably is. Just it's a hologram. like we want you to trust Nick in this fake world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I think that makes the most I sense. I think the whole thing is fake, which makes sense because. Jake Gyllenhaal is one step ahead. Like, he knows that he's figured it out. So he's, like, yeah. mitigating it. Because he picks him up. Like, right, right. He doesn't ever contact Nick Fury. So yeah. I think it makes I sense think, that I it's so. all fake. And, I mean, this this is, and like... And drones are high-tech. They don't... Again, I don't think they really make sense technology-wise. But we're, we're accepting it. Yeah. We're and, I mean, this it. is, like, Mysterio's, like, grand illusion. Like, this is, like, his hardest worked project yeah. and it's like it's That's pretty the wild the other thing is like all of the improv with the illusions like how are the drones keeping up with the story when it's being made up on the spot it's just the technology things, you know, we just kind of have to accept that he's got a bunch of uh, graphic designers working uh, on overtime and uh, they can see the future somehow so they know what to create okay fine. Um, but Thank the uh, the, the Tony Stark thing is so fucked up, and it's such a cheap shot from Mysterio, but it works so well. Which Tony Stark like, thing? Tony Stark crawling out of his grave and being like, oh, if you had yeah. been better, like, Tony oh, would yeah. still be alive. Oh, yeah, I think that's alive. all good. I think that's yeah, really good. Yeah, I just good. love that. It's like, okay, like, this is, like, obviously the cheapest jab 
at all of Peter's but that's insecurities. The point. I know. Yeah. Like it's just like low hanging fruit, but like it's so effective it's anyway. It's supposed to be low hanging fruit. Like you're supposed to know that part's fake. You're not supposed to know that the Nick Fury part yeah. is fake, which I think that's all done very well. Like I that's think, why I think Mysterio is a really good fake slash real villain. Yeah. Like yeah, the the absolute the the master stroke of like revealing Mysterio outside of like the suit like his like his face like wearing the the mocap suit and like making it look like we're just like outside now with no one around and then like yeah insane you know what he looks like the fucking riddler he does i'm like are we about to enter a batman movie i mean i'm not a pa- i'm not you know, opposed I said what I said to about scarecrow but like when he get hit by that train i was like oh i didn't see that coming no but, but he's fine you know he fell asleep, but he's fine. Couldn't have asked for a better nap. place to wake up in prison than the other ones. <laughs> that was really cute. And then <laughs> we get one of the sweetest scenes with Happy and him. I just, I almost started crying during the scene where he just, like, hugs Happy, and they just, like, have this moment, and they're, like, he's, like, tell me something that only you would know because he's, like, mistrustful, and Happy's, like, what the fuck is going on? And he, but he does, and then, like, he's, like, no, no, you're real, and, and, like, Happy knows how distraught he is because Happy in the past has not been the most um, great um, sidekick. He's a little um, paranoid and big for his britches, but in this moment, he's, like, exactly what we need him to be. Yeah. He's a good, like, Hagrid character. Totally. He's such a Hagrid, if we all know Harry Potter, which we all do. Also, this whole scene is just, like, Tom Holland being, like, I'm going to flex my acting, guys. Like, watch this crying. I thought you were going to say abs. But no, that no, was earlier. Um, no, so, but he is getting, like, stitched up or whatever. Yeah. But, no, he really got to, like, show off. Like, he does such a good job, like, when he's, like, don't get any closer. And then he's, like, just... I remember, like, when the trailer for it this came out. Acting. And, uh... Yeah, they put. I said earlier they put a lot of stuff in this in the trailer for this that they shouldn't have. But um, they did have like the the scene where he's like, I just like really miss him, and his like eyes are all red and stuff, and everyone was like, Oh my god, like this is so sad. And like his eyes are red for a lot of this. And they happy, use that fake oh, stuff. Yeah, for sure. But, like and happy has to be like the bigger person. I do really like this, like, him making his own suit with the nanotech, and he's like, yeah. I can customize it, and then it, like, builds it. Like, I think that's really fun. Yeah. And, and like, very, like, that's a good nod to Iron Man, it I is. think. So I, honestly, as much as, like, I, I really don't like the whole, like... And Happy being, like, yeah, like you're I taking see over thing. you. Like, I, I like that because it's, like, the way I choose to interpret this, because I hope that's, like, how it was intended, was, like... Peter is, like, not taking up the Iron Man mantle, or he's not taking, like, he's the role that he had. the power. But, like, yeah, like, Tony, like, parts of Tony, like, will live on, like, through who Peter yes. is. But then, like, like I even feel like the, it's kind of, like, just a joke, but, like, Happy's, like, I got the music, and he puts on ACDC, and Peter's, like, oh, I love Led Zeppelin. And it's, like, played as a joke, but it's also, like, well, like, yeah, Peter is not Tony. Like, he's just not. Well, like, and Happy even says that, like, you're not Tony. No one's like, ever going to be fucking Tony. Yeah, so I feel like that's, like, the way to be like, he Tony was like integral to Peter's character development, and he'll like always be a part of it. But like he is not. 
and taking I over like, what Iron Man did. I like that Peter's really smart, and we show him being really smart, but I also like that they're saying being smart is not enough. Like, yep. you're not Tony just because you're smart. And, like, all of this, like, you think you're Tony, you think you're not. Like, I think it would be better if he thinks that he's becoming Tony and everyone else is saying, no, you're not. Like... What what I think I don't like is that everyone is in agreement in this film that he is becoming the new, I guess, Iron Man or yeah, whatever yeah. place that Iron Man filled. Like, Peter thinks that, Happy thinks that, May thinks that, Mysterio thinks that the at The general some point, public. The general public, which we don't even get the general public's actual view. We hear that that's what they think. And then we're told to believe that. And I just don't think that's true. Yeah. And I yeah, think I mean, somebody should be saying, you're not that. Yeah. Yeah. That's. I know. I, I'm so sorry. True. I just, I keep coming back to the same thing because it keeps, it kept bothering me all movie. Because I mean, that's what kept coming back as the major flaw in everything. Because I'm like, everything is so good in this movie, but it, it just kept falling back on the same flaw. Every scene that I'm like, oh, this is so good. It just kept falling back on the same yeah. thing. But. And I, I think a lot of people do take a pretty big issue with how much the franchise as a whole has played on, like, Tony and Peter's relationship. Like, it leaned a lot on it to the point Too where it's, like, much. a bit ridiculous because, like, Tony had other people that he knew. Like, where's fucking Rhodey for, like, all this stuff? Well, like, no, I get, like, he's a child... Like he's a mentee, right? In but that you sense. know, it's just yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of something that just this keeps is different. Back. But like, yeah, if you're gonna have a mentor relationship and he's dead, then you should have Rhodey there. Right, it just doesn't. He should be there. Yeah, it's yeah, whatever. Yeah. No, it it doesn't fully check out. Um, I'm at the final battle. Yeah, I actually don't have any more written notes after this. I I just have a couple. Like one I love seeing the inside of the drone system. Like I think that's yeah. a really cool optical view of what's going on and I think it's a fun way to show how the technology is working cuz as I said, I've questioned how the tech I'm like again willing to accept it, but like it is cool to see like the the inside of it. Yeah. I really agree, and, like, having everybody be like, it's not real, it's not real, it's not real, because it's so, like, that's the But the, something the is doing the damage, even though the yeah. optical illusion's not real, something is, the drones are but still doing But I do think, damage. like, inside the illusion is probably pretty safe. It's like the eye of the storm type deal, yeah. like, because none of the drones would be getting damaged by themselves. I think it's a great soundtrack, the movie. Yeah, the score. The movie has a great soundtrack. Well, more than just the score. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, I agree. Including um, the ACDC song. Yeah. Or, I'm sorry, the Led the Zeppelin song. <laughs> Let me take that back. Including the Led Zeppelin song. I mean, the ACDC song. Oh, <laughs> oh man. Um, as you noted during the movie, Mysterio goes from, oh, man, I feel really bad for Peter Parker to, well, I'm going to kill this entire bus full of children. Or uh, like, my bad. I, I need to find out who he told so I can kill them. It's two people. Okay, I'm gonna kill the entire class. Like that yeah. doesn't make any yeah. sense. Just like, fuck it. why even bother going through the work of finding out who he told if you're gonna kill the whole class anyway? 
Also, he just got lazy. He's like, I don't feel like targeting people anymore. I feel like they tried to do a thing on us where there's a school bus on a bridge in a Spider-Man movie, and we didn't get Spider-Man choosing the bus full of kids versus somebody he loved. And I think that was kind of messed up that they didn't follow through on that because that's a Spider-Man move. Also, through like, through. that scene in the first Spider-Man is like an all-time classic. Yeah, that's with, exactly... He should have saved his class. Now choose! Like, you know. Yeah, you Green have Goblin to dropping choose. The shit up. Yeah, no. And doesn't. I think Mysterio would have made him choose. Like, that's a fucked up thing Mysterio would have thought about. Because he's kind of... Yeah. Or even he's unstable like, as Tony would you know, have do it, said. Do it and then have it be a fake out and be an illusion. And him going after the wrong thing like Cosmo. <gasps> Oh, God, that's so sad. Sheesh. Uh, either way, uh, shit is really going sideways, but it's good to see. You talked about the scenes with all the classmates together with Happy, which are really great, and MJ, like, taking the... Oh, hold on, what's the name of the weapon? Because... Uh, Ned corrects it, but I don't remember. I forget, but... Also, Happy tries to throw a shoe, and he's like, I don't know how Cap does it. It's so good. I laughed out loud so many times in this movie. I know I've been very critical, but I just want to state again, I laughed out loud probably, what do you think, like 20 times? Like, I was cackling. Well over two times. Griffin. But yeah. I was laughing out loud a lot during this Oh, movie. totally. Like, like it I, is... I was LOLing for real, laughing out loud. R-O-F-L-ing. No, I was just regular. LOLing. LOLing. Sorry. Like a good old millennial. Crying, laughing emoji. <laughs> Some elder millennials here for you. Dot, dot, dot. Um, but yeah, I this is a, a very good final battle because it's like we get into like the core of like what these illusions are. And then I just like seeing, seeing Mysterio go on this journey from like, I'm the shit. And I got this whole team full of cool ex-Stark people just to like being syndrome. like getting so angry and being like, God damn it. Like. He's like about to have like a vessel burst. Yeah, in but his he forehead. has a plan. He does. He has a greater plan. He does, but like not like syndrome. It's you know it's, it's always satisfying to see the villain you know start to lose. It, it wasn't even in this yeah. because it wasn't satisfying. Also, we don't see him die. I just want to be very clear about that. Yeah, he is alive. Before we cut away. And then the next time we see anything, it's MJ and Peter walking towards each other and him being like, it's over. And I'm just saying we didn't see Look, him could, die. Could be a fake out. There's a in the No Way Home trailer. I don't trust any character that is dead unless we see them die. It's fair. No Way Home trailer, the lawyer is being like confronting him and he's like, I didn't kill Mysterio. And they're like, yes, you did, like, with the drones. And they, like, say something about how it's, like, they're his drones or something. So I'm, I am curious to see if, Well, like, yeah, we gonna... get the whole drone thing. And, like, obviously in the post credit scene, we see him being, like, execute drones, which we know he but, means, well, like, end drones, which I don't know why he would ever say execute. That's a dumb phrase to well, say. I think it makes sense. I would never use that term. Well, because that's what, that's what Edith says. She's like, do you want to execute all of the programs? And he's like panicking. So he's like, yes, like execute them all. Because 
I feel like that makes sense. Like if that's what the if that's what the fancy robot says, then you're like, Whatever. I don't. I want to be clear. But very fortunate wording, because if you had said anything else, then this whole plan wouldn't have worked. Um, I'm just my only. What do you reason... mean fortunate? You mean for Mysterio, or you on Mysterio's for, side? Yes, fortunate for Mysterio. Oh, if, if weird. Peter... I'm on Peter's side. Oh, okay. Uh, I didn't realize. Wait, is Peter? The... I thought Mysterio was the hero of this. In your story, he is. Uh, I was just saying that, like, if. If Edith had been like, do you want to run all of these programs? And Peter had been like, run them all. Then uh, they wouldn't have a nice sound bite to put in the video that they that they sent or out. do you want to end them all? Yeah. But my, my only reason for bringing up the No Way Home thing was like, I maybe too much would assume that whoever is prosecuting Spider-Man would uh, confirm the death of Mysterio. But hey. We don't know. Knows? We don't know. It could maybe it's all just still a bunch of Mysterio illusions. Maybe that's all No Way Home is is a bunch more Mysterio illusions. Well, Edith says there's no more illusions. Yeah, allegedly. Well, I hate Edith. But uh, I the great great scene with Spider-Man having to use the Peter Tingle to fight his way down the hallway through no, the drones. That's excellent. Yeah. Fuck the Peter Tingle, but that's I wish he didn't say that. But great scene. And then, like, the final fake-out from Mysterio, like, amazing. Yeah, where he stops the drone. Oh, such a good scene. And he's, like, crying. Because oh. that's, like, the best usage Tom. of the spider sense that we see in these movies. Sweet boy, it's Tom. just, like... <sighs> I know, but he's, like, in tears. Yeah. He's, like, I'm sad that this guy that I trusted is dying, but also I'm sad that you've done everything you've done. And yeah. I'm a sad boy because <laughs> I don't want to be Spider-Man anymore. He's got, a, he's got a lot of reasons to be a sad boy in this moment. Um, yeah, so that's all great, and then he's like, I'm Spider-Man again, and, like, I got my girlfriend Zendaya, and he's in a new suit, and my biggest qualm with this new suit is that it's red and not blue, black. Why, Griffin? Why is it black? Are we doing Venom? It's just... It's just not accurate. It's just different. Even the Iron Man nanotech suit is blue, which he wears in the very beginning of the movie. I don't know why it's black. I don't like it. I think it looks cool. It does look cool, but it's not Spider-Man. I agree. But you know what makes this whole movie worth it? What's that? J. Jonah Jameson. Man, that that was like some of the biggest applause that this movie got. We were in theaters when this movie came out. The night it probably came out. Yeah. Probably Thursday night. Like like we're seeing tonight. <laughs> and it was like apeshit in the audience. Yeah. When J. Jonas Jameson. Because it was kind of an intense movie. And then like for that to show up on the screen, everyone was like, what? Yeah. Like, like, it was exciting. Great moment. It was very exciting for, like, a kind of devastating film. Yeah. And it wasn't like all the... Everything is fucking leaked from Spider-Man No Way Home. Like, they cannot keep a close book on any of this. Um, but they did not... This did not leak at all. At least no, not to me. No, not at all. I, know, I don't clue. I mean, I don't think so. But, like, you know, J.K. Simmons just has that recognizable voice. And as soon as anybody heard, like, the first word, bananas. It was so bananas. good. And just, like, the take he has on the whole situation. It's so good. But devastating. It's good, but devastating. But, like, the devastation was worth 
like that call, like that is such a good callback, especially since we didn't have him in the Andrew Garfield movies. So it was even more like earned, mm-hmm. I guess. And like him being presented as like this InfoWars style character, yeah. like I love it. It's such a good interpretation. Ugh, so good. Best way to best way to end it, like as if it wasn't like already enough. Just like having it be like that's like unthinkable. Like it was and still is, and I don't know how they're gonna resolve it at the end of the day. But like the one time in in the comics when Spider Man revealed his identity to the world, they ended up having to like retcon it with like one of the worst well, comic book arcs. They're ever. about to do that and with this movie. Everybody fucking hates the comic that did it because he like traded his marriage to MJ yeah, to you the told devil. Me that. Or at Mephisto, who famously did not appear in WandaVision. And, you know, I don't think they're going to botch it because they have the exact playbook on what not to do. But, hey, we could go see you tonight and they just do the same shit over again, which would almost be worth the price of admission. Which we keep saying tonight for you all, but in IRL, we have to wait four more nights to see it. Yeah, to it's be- Sunday and we can't see it till Thursday. To be clear, we're not there yet. We are on baited hook. Is that this? Is that the term? We're waiting on baited, baited breath. breath. We are on baited breath. We're we're on fish hooks. We're on pins and needles. We're ready. That's um, for damn let's sure. Let's quickly wrap up because it's been a very long episode. Yeah. Oh my god, We've this had is a lot to say. Longest and I, episode in, in show history here, folks. I did want to say my favorite scene, which is the British Crown Jewels scene, which is MJ and Happy and Ned and the whole crew in the British uh, Jewel. Tower of London, which I have been to, I would just like to say, which is very fun. Yeah. I identify, and I loved that whole scene. Everything about it. It's a really great scene. The drone with MJ taking the weapon, all of it. Yeah. Happy, like, not really protecting them, but, like, the effort was there. Yeah. All of it was great. You gotta love it. And I think, hmm, <laughs> you know, I always struggle with my favorite scenes, but I would have to say mine is, fuck it, the, the big illusion in Germany. I know we talked about it, but hey, it's so good. It's the, the fire. Well, the, like, the thing that ends at him getting hit by the train in the building. Oh, in it's Germany. It's the, the pinnacle of mysterious Sorry, capabilities in Prague. as a villain. And it's just fantastically done. Visuals that are amazing. Really it, it really portrays Mysterio as, it, despite his powers being a fake, quote unquote. Despite Mysterio's powers being fake, quote unquote, it shows you like how much of a threat he really is. Yeah, he gets in your head. Because it's easy to write him no, off until really you're good. there in the shit. And, and I think like, it's underdeveloped. Yeah. That part it of is. him. Yeah. So you know, I wouldn't be mad if we got another. Another shot at him. But. I think Mysterio is going to come back one way or the other. I don't think he's really dead because we didn't see him die. And we all know comic book slash uh, soap opera lore. Yeah. Um, thanks for sticking with us. If you're still here at the end of the episode, we have absolutely adored talking about the Spider-Man movies. We're so excited to talk about the one that we're seeing tonight. Winky face. Um, and you'll be hearing that very shortly, hopefully. Yeah. 
Uh, this has been a really fun ride, and we do sincerely hope that you've enjoyed it. And on that note, we are out, out of the, the Superverse. Super.